0: My name's Ed Piskor, I do a comic sh- uh, called Hip Hop Family Tree, and you're
1: listening to 11 O'Clock Comics.
2: Music to my ears, Sir Price. I'm here for you, Bill.
3: I know. One and one, that's me.
2: Magic of editing, Sure.
3: You never edit. No, well, sometimes I do. Yeah. If it's
2: requested of me, I do.
3: Yeah, well I'm not big enough. That's not what I heard. Well, I mean as far as publish work. (laughs)
0: Create around, he's a he's a beast. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: Right,
2: baby. Call him hook jaw. I'm Ooh, still right I'm, I'm still a little uh I'm still a little congested <laughs> hey, from the covid. It no, it's the covid.
0: Oof. Talk about bringing
2: the room
3: down. Yeah. So.
2: I'm done with it though.
3: So and when do you are you going to, to work after Thanksgiving or
2: No, I go back Monday. Month?
3: Yeah. So you're going all to over work too? It all
0: feeling,
2: feeling good? good? Yeah, um well, uh, d- the wife was in the ER for 2 days, but I didn't feel the, I didn't feel the need to tell you. She's fine. Jesus, she's home. Dude, you
1: know what? I, Shut I'm, up. I'm, oh. No, because
2: then you would have done, done some some stupid shit like sending something and no. She was in for 2 days and she's home now. She feels great. She she they had her on a breathing treatments and and steroids and all that shit and she's fine. So, everybody's good. Just chill.
0: Oh my god. Thank God for that.
2: Yeah. See, wait. Your wife had COVID. Yeah, I did too. And so did my son. Oh, yeah,
3: dude. I had like how he just slides it in there, tone,
0: like it's uh, just like, yeah, like yeah. And I dumped today. Beer had the COVID. Oh, you gotta
3: see what the price is on gasoline right now. Oh yeah, and I got the vid. Yeah, I had Tony
4: going on with the biggest thing in the like the hugest story in the world right now. Like any anybody have any updates?
3: (laughs) I had
2: zero symptoms. I tested. I tested positive. I had zero symptoms. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I got out of it super easy, yeah. but the wife has pre-existing conditions, so she did not. But anyway, when did
4: you, when did you get it? When when did you have it? Last week?
0: Uh, a little earlier mean, like, than Trump? last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you did you feel a tinge of of anxiousness that first like moment when she had to go to the ER? No, because I trust her. She <laughs> and,
2: and she told me she's she's like I just want to go to make to get my breathing all and like she she wasn't. Uh, debilitated. I mean, she could breathe. It's just that she's okay. like, I should be in the ER where they can give me a couple treatments and I'll be fine. And I'll, you know, I, no, I didn't, I didn't sweat it for a second. All
4: right. You're saying ER? She went to the ER for two days?
2: She went to the ER for a day and a half, and then they put her in a room. She knows everyone in the hospital. She's taught, yeah, yeah, yeah she's taught half of them. So they they treated her like a queen. They gave her the treatments, and they're like, get the hell out of here. That, that that's it. <clears throat> All right. we were good we were good and this is really good because it's 11 o'clock comics <laughs> Wait, sorry is this the show yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
1: 11
2: o'clock comics come on you're
1: not a noob <laughs> okay
2: episode seven it doesn't have to be the show we could edit that shit out i'd be fine with it
4: it's fine it really humanizes you yeah,
2: barely honest. but hey everybody it's <laughs> 11 o'clock comics episode 707
0: and i'm vince b
3: Oh yes, you are. I'm so glad you're still with us.
0: I am David A. Price. I can vouch for that. And of course, I'm everyone's reformed criminal, Patrick Eel O'Brien.
2: I know where we're going tonight. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for catching up. Um, you're what? not. E- <laughs> Sorry, I'm not in my fifties, dude. You're oh, not Eel. <laughs> <laughs> you're not Eel O'Brien, or Kyle Baker, for that matter. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And I hear the pitter patter of little feet in the room do we have a guest very little feet who that's is tiny it?
3: tiny petite Sorry, tiny. who it is he's got little kitten heels and everything
4: hey guys it's me tony fleece oh, oh. he's peeking in from the bathroom right? Everybody's no, favorite. <laughs> everyone's favorite fourth chair oh
0: yeah. that's so I'm nice
4: buying, borrow a cup of sugar
0: it's, uh, but it's a weird thing though because tony's actually on an episode that i'm not off there episode it yeah like we,
3: it, it got screwed up we, we were really waiting i was gonna be see if he was gonna be here next week so i was gonna, gonna say you got the
0: weeks so, confused well yeah. you know what we yeah. should have did uh
2: we should have done dap is we should have recorded tomorrow that way we, we wouldn't have to worry about him.
3: <laughs> wow you are man you're hopeful
2: i'm not i love I'm you hurtful. so much <laughs> <laughs> you're like one of my favorite people in the whole world i love you
3: so much i just don't want to share you with anybody else oh
2: that's fine but th- the neat thing about it is that um usually as jason said usually tony's here to replace jason on his many jaunts but uh tony has a reason a reason other than just sitting in with his booze he has something he wants to tell you about and it's very you're important in yes. we
0: into that right now don't no,
2: ah, just let me go. Uh no. it's very it's very important, but he'll get to it. But before we get to it, at Tony's expense, I gotta ask Jason a question.
0: Oh word? Okay. Wow, yes. this is yeah, this is because is you a drink, roll call or? No, we'll That'd get to
2: that too. We'll get to that too.
0: Okay.
1: okay.
2: Um you are very knowledgeable about the Marvel side of things. I like to plead ignorance. So maybe you could direct me uh as to what this Marvel made stuff is. Ah, you mean the uh those
0: Paragon collection joints?
2: Yeah, now humor me. I saw that they're upscale hardcovers in slipcases and they're very, very limited in uh, in like you can't just go on and order it and, and well ho- hopefully you can go on and order it, but there there's only gonna be so many of these things made, I think like
0: twelve hundred. Yeah, dude. This what? is uh well listen, this is right in my alley. Right, let's let's check it off. Do I love hardcovers? Track yes. Hell yes. Do I, Who doesn't? Do I love limited edition slipcased hardcovers? See, track. see,
2: you say slipcase, and my pantalones start to get a little bit tight. That's what I'm saying.
0: Now, do I love love love? Actually, don't we all love love love? Claremont X-Men.
2: Oh, triple track. track. Yeah. Well, hell yeah,
0: yeah. Well, like, you know what? Let me let me roll it back. We all love classic Claremont X-Men, right? We all <laughs> there. We go. Yes. Yeah,
2: I I think that's a fair assessment. yeah. So what, yeah, what
0: you're talking about is the um uh the Marvel Made uh, Paragon Collection. It's uh it's it, they're trying something new, which I I applaud them for. I am going to partake, and it's uh, the first one which you're alluding to, which is getting a lot of uh, love lately, is the Chris Claremont uh version, and it's like a premiere thing. It's like so basically you get um yeah you get the hardcover, and the hardcover is. I mean, I haven't seen it, like I haven't seen it in person, obviously, but it looks like it's roughly the size of a like a smaller Omnibu in terms of page count. But the, yeah. this one collects like all of his classic stories from the mainly from the burn run. Well, the um, pi- the
2: picture I saw
0: was that
2: the hardcover is in a faux blue leather. Yeah. But it's it's like standard Omnibu proportions—not thickness, but height and width. Right but it it's nestled in a, a slipcase that's larger than yeah, the book.
4: Slip case. it's not a slipcase. It's almost like a like a a fake book like where you would right. uh, like yeah. hide money or stuff and then there's yes. a real book inside. And the and the the book, the book is like those old school uh Marvel hardcovers they used to have like with, with the, the red Master leather. works? Yes. No, the like oh, before, yeah. the, like in the 80s.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. Like
4: the greatest Marvel stories ever told. That's sort of yes. where thing. Yes.
0: Yeah. And like you said, I think the the deal is you they're only gonna make it if they get at least twelve hundred. So it's like I guess it's not like well, i you know, I know Hasbro's been doing those things with the toys, all of our toy head listeners out there, I know you are Legion as well. They they like I know they did the Sentinel, right, where they had to have X number of people order it right. and of course they smash through it. But yeah, so twelve hundred twelve hundred collectors have to order this for it to happen. Um and but it's so the book is a collection of the stories of like Dark Phoenix, Days of Future Past. Uh, the Wolverine series by Frank Miller, oddly enough. Um, Uncanny, X-Men 268, which it's funny that they're including that yeah. because <laughs> yeah. because the original art for that um, just auctioned at Heritage today to cover for $300,000. <laughs> um, Where are you going to hang it? X-Men no- What's that? Where are you going to hang it? Yeah, hang it. <laughs> uh, and then X-Men number one by Jim Lee. But then it's also like the whole deal. It's it's, it's like a package. So you get, you get the book. Which is dope, um, but then you also get all this other swag. Like everyone's going to be signed by Claremont, and he's going to inscribe it with a quote from the X Men run. Um, Wait, and they're then ha- they're hand signed by Claremont, And signed, wow. but also with an inscription, like a hand, like a handwritten quote from one like of the Professor X is
2: a jerk. Like, yeah. Yeah, like or, yeah, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then, uh, and then, I know a lot of folks are all about them lithos. Now, when I get the lithos, full disclosure, I'm gonna be passing them on to our patrons, because I'm not much of a of a poster litho guy, but I know some people gaga out for that. But you get a a Wolverine limited series litho by Joe Quetzada, mm. former EIC. You get a Dark Phoenix Saga Litho by Phil Noto, so Dap might want dibs on that. Oh big time. You get an Inferno Litho by Philip Tan, so I'm gonna just pa- I'm gonna pass these Lithos off to all y'all for Christmas. You get a uh, you get a, um, a like a collage of the Claremont X Men litho by Salvador Larocca. There you go. And man. then you get and this one, Dap might really want you get a Storm Callisto <laughs> litho by Marcos Martinez. You know,
3: if, if someone's going to do an homage to Paul Smith,
0: I, I don't mind it being Marcos Martinez. Uh, yeah. yeah. And the one I'm going to probably keep is the Asgardian of War course. litho by Art Adams. So you know, self. That's that's dope as fuck. And then, um, similarly, I know a lot of people are crazy about variant comics. Again, not my thing, so I will be also handing these out because I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I just want the book, really. I want the book. But I get all this other stuff with the book. So you get a variant of Wolverine number six, Days of Future Past, uh, with uh, the variants drawn by Olivier Quipel, who's not too shabby. No. And then there's an X-Men number 13, Dark Phoenix action figure variant right up Tony's alley. By John Tyler Christopher. Oof. So there's a lot of goodness. And then there apparently is a prequel comic that they're giving you. And it is a 20-page prequel of Days of Future Past written by Claremont and drawn by La Roca. Sure. Um, no idea what that's about. Like, I don't know if that's been in the inventory or it was done for this. Not sure about mm-hmm. that. Uh, and then also, and I'm curious how they package this, there's going to be a collection of notes and scripts and behind-the-scenes stuff uh, related to Claremont's run on the X-Men. Uh, and uh that's super cool, as you guys know i I had a very distinct pleasure of of moderating a panel with uh, with Mr. Claremont at Heroes a few years back, where we talked about some of this stuff, so it 's near and dear to my heart for sure and uh I gotta say, like you hear all that, especially with how much these variants go for these days, and I thought they would have been trying to charge like three four hundred bucks for it Well, that was bucks get so, out of here yeah, yep. yeah. say it,
4: say it again one
0: hundred ninety nine that's ridiculous. I know it sounds like a lot, like just for like if you're just thinking of it as a book, but an omnibus is yeah either a hundred or a hundred twenty five usually. Now, admittedly, yeah. given the amount of comic, and it would be more. So let's say it would be like the hundred dollars. So if the other hundred you're getting you're getting the the Claremont, you're getting the personalization, yep. you're getting the the, the packaging, you get the Claremont sig, yep. and then you're getting all that other stuff, which I think I'm imagining a lot of people buying this are like super jazzed for the variants and the lithos. Which like puts it over the top for them. Again, for me, that's just like bonus stuff that I can give out to to our very loyal and, and wonderful patrons.
2: Yeah, the thing that gets me though is you're getting three of the greatest X Men stories ever told: Dark Phoenix, Days of Future yes. Past, yes. and the Wolverine miniseries. Yes, that's crazy yeah. in one book. In yeah. one
0: book, yeah. Wow. I, I, you know what? Yeah, like, we're actually short I mean, drifting. We're short drifting because you know who wrote the wrote the forward for this thing? Wheezy. I do. Wheezy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah, Wheezy Simonson. Yeah.
4: I mean, it's, I mean it, it's, it looks like a real, like a permanent sort of thing, you know, like a, a final version of this thing that you would just put up and, uh, like, it. You, you see
1: it and you want there to be like six of those, you know? Like right. You want your right Spider Man yeah.
4: you
0: yeah, and it, one. Yeah, it gets your mind racing, given Marvel's history, about what with the subsequent right, if this one's successful, which I'm yeah, not yeah. Agree, yeah. there'll be subsequent ones. I'm sure there'll be a Frank Miller one, right? Yeah. Hopefully it'll be the I Simonson one. I'll hope that'd be awesome. Like maybe sure. a Howard yeah. Davis one. I, a Busema one would drive. I would plots over a Busema one. So IDW
2: yeah. does stuff like this with that red label. Yeah.
0: Well they're the, they're the best. I think they're the best at it.
2: I don't know. I like the way this looks, and, and I think no, ca- I'm
0: saying like IDW's kind of set the bar with Scott Dunonpier, like he he and, right. he and his crew have like really set the bar in terms of these archival, and in fact, they've done some for Marvel, so I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel either, I don't know if IDW in the back end is, is paired up with this in any way or not, but uh, like yeah, but but it looks great, so I'm up And there. best of all, for some pessimistic bastard like myself who doesn't believe
2: there is a certificate of authenticity. That no, comes nice. with it because you know I, I i need my i need to to verify that it's real right
4: also for you there is no slipcase or no uh dust cover, dust those cover those, yeah. Dust oh yeah <laughs> they're
2: yeah they're smart they're smart yeah it's 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 no it's
3: it's great. no it really is a no-brainer i mean i x-men 94 x-men 129 through 137 x-men 141 and 142 wolverine 1 through 4 uncanny x-men 268 and x-men number one these are when when people ask you you know i've i've never read an x-men book or you know i'm i'm i read the recent x-men stuff i'm up, i'm current on hickman but what other what other x-men stories you know do you think i should consider what what i should look for and you know we'll we'll mention the dark phoenix trade we'll mention the wolverine miniseries they, these are these are stories these are, these are arcs that you know kind of define the x-men define claremont's run on the x-men um and it's it's great i mean you are absolutely getting i mean it's it's a it's a great looking package um and it's it's i mean i i, I love the idea that it's yes it's it's super limited because because of, of how many they need to make they need, they, they need to they need to have orders for so that they can move forward with this project but i mean to even hammer the point home you have to have this ordered by eleven fifty nine Pacific time, on December fourth, so yeah. there's not like, oh yeah, no, 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 I'll, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna, you know, get together my Christmas money and you know, and I'll place that order for. It. No, no, son, you, you, nah, son. you have to know now. It's, it's, it's. And this isn't DCBS,
0: which accepts late orders. Right. right. Marvel yes. This Marvel is, will Mar- Oh, no, don't play that. Marvel's not yeah. accepting late orders. So.
2: But the thing that I totally love about this is the limited nature of the product. Yeah. This is not I'm gonna go to Books A Million and pull it off the shelf or maybe find it at Ollie's in yeah. in, in three months. It's not happening.
0: I want to know what kind of cut Claremont's getting that he agreed to hand write not just his name but a quote in like at least twelve hundred copies of this thing.
3: What else I is mean granted it's 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 well have a sandwich. There
0: are at least um
3: <laughs> there are four uh, there are four quotes
1: that um four
3: four but absolutely, absolutely. But I mean like I mean after after you know, I mean granted he he probably remembers everything he's written, of course, but you know, after after, you know, the, the third dozen uh quote, you know, now you gotta start, okay, well give me something that, you know. Night crawler might have said it, it it's like you know so it's it's it you, you get into i mean jason knows with all the checks he signs you, you get into a routine when, once you start signing stuff and 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 you hit that groove and and once you um once you know what's what's being written what's being said how you're gonna scribble things Man, out i
0: haven't written a check in like 25 years since i've been with my wife she writes the checks, son he'll do a couple hundred a day I did get
1: them. Oh, yeah. Claremont? Yeah.
2: yeah. And yeah. Uh, another thing, if you're one of those people that only know the X-Men from the movies, and these stories included in this book are the basis for most of what you saw in those movies. That's true. If you want to see the real deal, the legit 100% authentic X-Men, this is where you go.
3: That's where you go. Yeah, uh, but so speaking of Actually, where no, do you go? You no, know where you go? Where? Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I mean, because you guys are talking this up, and I'm like, this is awesome, and I'm sure people right now that are listening to us are really curious, to champion at the bit to be like, all right, so, yeah. so, so I'm sold. If I, they I, haven't I, already ordered it, but that, if they haven't, but you know, they want to get it from us. They they want to hear it from us, so you know, they want to make sure it's legit. They want to know it's on the up and up and
0: true.
3: full steam ahead. I want you right now to go to. Get marvelmade.com slash EOC. G-E-T M-A-R-V-E-L M A D E dot com slash E O C. See it for yourself right there. Wow. Click that button and you're there. How did that happen? Where did that dude, come from? We, we just excellent like, shit. Dude, really? Like, I had no idea. You do your magic. You you make us all sound good. All right. Just so that's all I'm good. worth. I, I, just gotta, I, 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 I just gotta I just got you know do the things. Jeff makes
0: deals. Wheeling and dealing all the time. I God, love it. Incredible. I love it. All right. And after and that, you, means, and that means if folks do want it and they do order it and if if you use that link, it's it's good for all of us. Like people always want to help the show. A lot of people do help the show in lots of ways, but that's another way to help the show. And if you
2: want the Fantastic Four one, you wanna ensure that it happens, get this volume. And yeah, maybe, you, maybe a ROM one will come along. We were,
3: well. Uh, ah, yeah, we'll see. You you better just just bound your own, dude. Um, the, with the Marvel. way Marvel
2: and IDW are strange bedfellows, the ROM omnibus or the ROMNibus is only a matter of time.
4: Yeah, IDW won't even reprint the old stuff. Like, right? Like they haven't done that. Yeah, yeah, I don't it's, think
0: it's IDW's issue. I think it's the right like rights owners beyond that. Somebody's gonna
2: pay off Hasbro it or seems whatever so Kenner. Complicated. Kenner. I-
4: uh, Chris Ryle snapped at me on Twitter a while oh, ago snap. because I was like, "Why don't you? Why? Why would you not do this?" And they were—he was just like, "Well, it's complicated." I guess it wasn't that oh, much. Damn.
0: He's but, like, "He's like, stay in yeah. your lane, please." Yeah, Signs my checks. Sorry. Yeah, seriously. Right. If he
2: didn't sign your checks, you could have said, "Shut the fuck up, bitch!" I just want to ask the question. But anyway, where's my rom? Yeah. Once you've ordered the Marvel Made Claremont uh, X-Men book. Shimmy on over to dcbservice.com. That's dcbservice.com and get all your books at a fraction of what everybody else is paying. For example, from Ahoy, it's The Wrong Earth. Night and day number one, the third iteration of the Wrong Earth franchise of miniseries. This time we get the original Big guns, back where they belong. We get Tom Peer, Jamal Eigel, and Juan Castro. Cover price, $3.99. Your price, $2.19, 45% off. From the University Press of Mississippi, it's Mysterious Travelers, colon, Steve Ditko and the search for a new liberal identity. Who wrote this? Our buddy, Zach Crusay. And if there's you one person write. out there that knows Steve Ditko, it's Zach Crusay. Um, this is a $30 volume that comes with an exclusive signed book plate only from dcbservice.com. Uh, but you are not going to pay $30. (laughs) Ha ha ha. You're laughing. You have to wipe your eye. It's how much you're laughing. You are going to pay $21. That's 30% off. Last but certainly not least, Artist Extraordinaire, the world builder we know and love. I don't care if he doesn't like the, the, uh, Description, he's a world builder. It's Brandon Graham. And he's got a new limited series coming from Image called Rain Like Hammers. It's uh, five issues, extra sized four ninety nine cover price. You are going to pay half that, $2.49. Nice. So if you want your books, you want them fast, you want them delivered straight to your door by a sexy, this is a woman now, a sexy, mm, low-cut, Shorts and everything, even in the freezing weather, that's all they wear. Uh, okay. Yes, go to dcbservice.com. <laughs> My <laughs> delivery person has red hair, and she's gorgeous.
4: she's got comics.
0: And she got comics. I feel like we were CNN up until about 30 seconds ago, and now we're Newsmax. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to stay true to ourselves, don't we? Indeed. Speaking of Brandon Graham, I know, Vince, you were very kind to the the commission he did for me last week we talked about that yeah but did you guys see this week's commission that he did of sexica for whom i don't know for whom he just he for someone else like me who commissioned him but oh was it on slack yeah uh no no it was on his instagram
2: oh Oh. then yeah i'll see it somewhere along the line is it gorgeous
0: and super naughty oh yeah
2: yeah well brandon is super naughty oh
1: for sure Yeah, yeah, yeah you have
2: a lot of his his uh
0: I have all of his uh, Sexy Time comics. comics erotic comics, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I actually got them at James you know, Symes uh, at, at James sim's store the one time I was there. He did a cover there's for... There's two,
4: right? Uh, there's
0: uh, more. Yeah, Pervert, Perverts, yeah. Of the Other, Perverts of the Unknown and... Um, pillow Fight. Pillow, yep. Exactly. Ah,
2: but he did a uh, Women in Prison cover for Cinema Sewer that I, I frequently <laughs> go Enjoy. back. Uh, yes, I frequently go back to look at it. Nice. Yeah. In fact, he does a lot. Did a lot of interior art for cinema too. Because him and Bougie are, are buds, and they, you know, sometimes cross pollinate.
0: Yeah. Got yeah. a yeah. kind of booty. Cool. Um, speaking of uh, things that you enjoy, Sorry. I was uh, quite pleased in our little pre-show back channel today that uh, you seem to have fallen in love with a certain version of the grape. I have. And, um,
2: it, it only happened because of Tony. Because, what? because I consider him a very important addition to the show and I enjoy very much when he comes on. So in order to celebrate, I went and bought a bottle of wine, two actually, but the one I opened and sampled pre-recording was from Prophecy Wines. This thing is called the Emperor. The label looks like a tarot card. It's freaking gorgeous. It's a very beautiful image. Um, Very hot colors, reds um, and blacks and a little tiny, tiny bit of um, deep, deep blue. It's, It's a gorgeous image. But it's a Cabernet Sauvignon from 2016. And it is amazingly delicious. And I don't think I'm being swayed by the the accomplishments the visual accomplishments of this wine although i do love the label a lot of times that'll push me into buying it when i see the label and it's like oh yeah i've had that before i love that label i'll buy it but i don't really remember what it tastes like i don't think i'm going to forget this emperor it's very very good there's like blackberry in it um it says uh wine is expressive and smooth with layered flavors of fresh blackberry Plum and vanilla with toasted oak and a long, soft finish. I love it.
0: Amazing. Well that's wonderful. It yeah, I it love uh it. It, it has an, it has a solid eighty seven points on uh, Wine Enthusiast, so I don't give a shit about that.
1: But I'm, I'm glad uh, that there are I other mean, people. Okay,
0: maybe you don't, but I I do. Um no but uh I wasn't sure if you were going to throw some swill at our listeners and you know we have to always protect our rep. but no this uh, this looks like it uh, it's got some quality to it.
2: So what it you wouldn't good. you wouldn't dip below 85?
0: Well, see now, now I I've, I've, set, I've set a trap for myself cuz exactly. I, I personally wouldn't buy something in the 80s but but so, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, but nevertheless mm-hmm. I think it's totally fine. To do okay. Stuff. Look, well,
4: see what see you- he steps out, he tries to do something, tries to get fancy
0: for you, no. and then you come through like this. Tony, I know. welcome <laughs> to the
2: tortured existence I lead.
0: That did not go according no, to plan. No, it didn't.
4: It's just be drinking your coffee from McDonald's. Like, yeah, oh,
2: fuck <laughs> him. I really don't care what he
3: thinks fuck anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's lucky he's cute. What is, what is, tell me again what the name of it is, Vince Prophecy
2: is the name of the winery that's right okay. and the name of the wine is the emperor and i didn't do any kind of searching i'm wondering if they have tarot themed um like a spread of of maybe they have the you know the fool uh wine or the, the hierophant or something like that so we will see I'm, I'm i'm very intrigued by this in fact they do Vince. oh uh, my god i'm so yes. excited
0: Every one it looks like is a tarot card.
2: Yeah, I'm done.
0: There's I'm Pinot done. Grigio. There's a Chardonnay. There's the Cab. There's a red blend, which that's that's a, that's I'm valley. Yeah, uh, a rosé, a Pinot Noir, and a Sauvignon Blanc, which is a dabs alley.
2: I'm I'm done. I w- I will invest in this
0: company. This is Sauvignon Blanc. The. uh... Well, you just yeah. say Sauvignon also well, but you're really more in the Cabernet Sauvignon. But I love when to say Sauvignon. I love I love the Cabernet, like the red
3: blends. I, I I enjoy the Pinots. So yeah, that's um, I'm gonna keep an
1: eye out for it.
0: Those wine waitings are kind of funny though. Like we we went to a we went to the wine store, my lovely wife and I, last weekend to stock up on some winter wines. And we don't often go to the like the liquor store together. You know, it's always like if one of us is out and we have to, we'll stop in and get something. But we went together and. I'm sure it's like this at, at many uh wine stores but but this one in particular is a pretty large large one, and so they have you know certain wines that are trying to get you to buy, and then they throw like the big wine rating things like oh this is a ninety one or this is a ninety two and uh and you know like moths to a flame, people flock to them and they just grab them you know it's like, and I'm like you know you you're putting a lot of faith in in the proprietor because like these don't say like ninety two wine enthusiasts right it's like 92 and then in small print it's like joeswine.com you know it's like it's like it's like it only takes like one one person to give it a 92 like but like wine enthusiasts could have given it an 80 or they could just make up the number and you wouldn't know they just want you to buy it because they have a lot of it you know so you got to be careful with the with the numbers don't don't be beholden to the numbers is my point in spite of yeah. what i just said earlier it just you know i mean obviously you gotta you gotta figure out if the if the person rating the wine or the, your store rating the wine is like is okay. like trustworthy
3: just like, you know, when we go into the detail on a book, it's like, you know, if someone's keyed in with, with our likes or if we're, same thing with movie rating, viewers. For sure. If, if, if you know, if, if you like, if, if you're on a good roll and, you know, whatever Siskel and Ebert or Siskel and Roper or whatever, whatever, or Ebert and Roper, whatever, whatever, whatever anyone was discussing, if you were kind of, you know, in tune with them, then you kind of listen to them. But for me, it's always like, listen, I, I think the numbers are cool and all. It, it, it helps market or, um, gives people an idea how much maybe they're going to spend but uh yes i tend to if the label looks cool i'm kind of drawn to it more than anything else because i can't taste the label i can't taste the number i have to actually crack it open but once i know i'm enjoying it then it really you know i don't it doesn't matter if i'm spending you know 12 on a magnum or or 20 bucks on on a half liter it's still if i like the way it tastes that that's really that that's that's all i'm rolling with
0: the
4: best thing ever of those, is figuring uh,
0: out of, Oh,
3: sorry.
4: Okay. Oh, yeah. I got one of those this week. Uh, very poorly rated, uh, but it was right up my alley. I enjoyed it very much. so I'm, I'm gonna talk about it.
3: Nice. Okay. Go ahead. Hang on it then. Why don't you?
4: I mean, sneak preview. It was the movie New Mutants. Uh, oh, we
0: thought you were talking about to drink, dude. Yeah.
4: Oh, no, no, no. Oh. But uh, I'm, I'm drinking. I what first I was drinking Coffee, coffee with whiskey in it. Uh, <laughs> oh but yeah. What kind of whiskey? Later when I get up, to, uh, Basil Hayden's. It's a yeah, real course, waste
0: of that's Basil what... Hayden's.
4: Just yeah. putting it in. That's
3: all he drinks when he's here.
0: I mean, you have to be here, yeah. Jason, to know that. But yeah, <laughs> this is I got to be honest with you. It shows you how often tone is on without me being here because I did not. Know it that. shows
3: you how often you listen when you're not
4: on it.
0: What did you think of my Rest. appearance on? Oh, you did listen. See, I was like, oh, man, I'm just save motherfucker
4: Damn it! Stepping on rakes. Damn it!
0: Yeah,
2: I didn't uh, listen. It. No, he didn't. I got no plans to either. So I'll be of honest. Course you don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I
0: knew that. You don't ever listen, yeah. right? Um
4: though.
0: he he spoke about you in, in glowing. I did, I did. He'll never know. No, you talked about who me? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah He
3: did. He talked. About, he, I mean, that's. I mean, that's cool. partly why I listened to find that. You know, just because that, nice. it was. You know, because David Harper does say you know in
1: the He's in the show
3: notes and right no but yeah he he says you know we talk about whether it's it's original art or fantasy baseball and then you know of course podcasting so yeah no I mean I knew we were going to be mentioned um, and I know of course it's going to be in 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 glowing terms, but yeah, no, I, I had to, listen, man, it, it, it it's my boo. I got to make sure, you know, it's, it's, it, we're there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and for people, b- for people, very little people- mention. what Chris Neesman,
4: just, you're just like, Oh, there used to be another host. He did like a year and a half or something. There's no big deal. <laughs> Two, anyway, three
0: years well, listen, I mean, okay, well, hold on a second. All right. First of all, let's be clear. Cause again, we're kind of talking We're doing inside baseball here for, for, for those that didn't remember us mentioning it last episode, I had the great pleasure of being, on David Harper's Fantastic Off-Panel podcast, which, based on this week, apparently quite a lot of our listeners also listen to that. <laughs> so many of you already knew this because you probably heard it, but it was a lot of fun. David is a consummate professional, in my opinion, uh, the best solo interview podcast in the biz uh, by, a, by a decent amount. So um, he has fantastic guests usually, and usually they're much cooler and more famous than I am. But he wanted to uh, to discuss original art collecting, and so he reached out, and I... I went on for that purpose, and that was the crux of, of much of the talk, but but absolutely though the cool thing is he he, he did give us plenty of time to give run to the, to the show and you you two crazy nuttos, but uh, but no, it was a lot of fun. so if, if you all aren't familiar, it's off panel uh, on your various podcatchers. it was a lot of fun so but I got to say, as fun as it was, he doesn't have a drink roll call. Although this is the most long and drawn out trinkle couplet. <laughs> well, all right.
3: So 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 let's try to get to the end of it, Jason. What are you drinking?
4: Uh, hold I am on, drinking hold on cuz I wasn't done yet. You oh, said basil coffee. Oh, I have been, oh, um,
1: oh, I'm having
4: coffee God. in basil haydens, but because I was so touched by Vince bringing, breaking out wine like that, later when I go pee, I'm going to grab a bottle of wine and start that like midway through the show. It's going to oh, okay. be in honor of David uh I think Menage Trace. Ménage à trois,
1: nice.
3: <laughs> good, yeah. All right, I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Dap, I am drinking a brand new beer for me. Never had it before. Okay. Earlier when you heard me open the can, that was the first sip of it, and that is by Allagash, and is the North Sky Stout, and it's wonderful, and it says, uh, like a clear night lit by stars, this milky Belgian-inspired stout balances light notes of fruit and sweetness with roasty malt. Inspired by late evenings spent around a crackling campfire, North Sky is brewed to merge lightness and darkness into a super sippable stout. It's huh. wonderful. That's great. Yes, sir. Does it live I, up to all that? It's good? It's damn good. It's it's smooth. And it's, it is smoother than Vince back when he was managing a Burger King. That's pretty damn smooth. <laughs> that is pretty smooth.
3: Now, now, did, is this the only can you have,
0: or or did you did you? Oh this, a, no, this is not a ta- This is not a oh, paper. Okay. No, okay. no, this is uh this is a, a four pack. Uh, oh, I man. um, not, again neither here nor there. But on that same aforementioned trip to the liquor store, the impetus for us going was a twofold one: to get the wine cl- uh, beefed up, but then also, uh, a, a friend and neighbor had hooked me up, uh, helped me get my boat uh, out of the lake. Because, you know, I'd hurt my, you guys know I'd hurt my back, and so I need help. And he was uh, very gracious to do that. So I wanted, he's a, like many people, he's a fan of the uh, craft beers. So I wanted to go to this place because they have a great selection and make a little gift basket up for him. So that's, uh, but while I was there, I happened to see this stout and thought, I'm uh, going to hook myself up with this.
3: I like it. Uh, Had I known, I feel a little bad because had I known Vince made a special trip and got wine, I would have... um, had a nice red tonight because I, I opened up a bottle last night that's really, really good. And I'll, I'll try to keep it... I'll try to keep the last bottle so when Jason's back we can talk about it. But I had beer with dinner um, from Newberg Brewing. Uh, Newberg Brewing Company, Nanoboss, which is really, really good. Um, so since I had the beer and I knew Tony was going to be here tonight and I know Tony was going to bring the basil, um, I decided to... Take well, I might finish it before tonight's over. The uh, the Bibb and Tucker, aged six years, uh, small batch bourbon whiskey that I talked to that I mentioned when we were talking to um, Sean Crystal. But I really really like this guy's because I don't have basil's in the house, um, sadly at the moment. But last time I went out to get dinner, um, I did ask for a basil neat, and I meant to take a picture of it and send it to Tony because I was thinking about him. But I, I love didn't. It. Because I suck. But yeah, so Bibb and Tucker is my drink tonight. Uh, but I mean, depending on how long we go, I may go downstairs and get some wine like Tony.
2: Oh, I think we're going to be going pretty long because we have been at this for almost an hour. And we- <laughs> I mean, and-
3: well, by the time Jason got here, more like a half hour. It's true.
2: Yeah. That's but hurtful.
0: We- <laughs> See, just, just daggers, just left and right.
2: But we have yet to talk about the thing for which we've all gathered and that's that's tony's upcoming book from image comics stray dogs it's a mini series um all i know is i thought i knew him going into this show i thought you know tony's (laughs) my buddy and and he's he's got such a big heart he's a a mean dark sadistic bastard
0: (laughs) is what i am gobsmacked that DAP has been so nice to Tony in this first hour, because (laughs) when I got done reading, Tony was kind enough to share the first three issues of of five with us. When I got done reading the third issue, the first thing I did when I closed the issue (laughs) was hit DAP up and say, have you read this yet? Because I think you're going to have to work through some things with Tony afterward. I I, I
3: think my response to that uh when when jason said you know i, th- I, th- I think you're gonna find it a little rough i i told him that i had finished the third issue um the night before now now before tony gets into it I, he did warn us last year at new york comic-con because he showed us he showed us the couple of first showed us the first couple of pages told us about it told us the hook the pitch um and said to my face yeah Dad's probably not going to read this but um i've i've enjoyed Everything, whether it's whether it's time shop or whether it's just, I've I've enjoyed in my lifetime. There are, I I don't think. I mean, granted, okay, I, I can't say I have a sprawling ponies collection, but anything you've done, I've pretty much been there for and 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 I've enjoyed. And I knew. I mean, we. we I have questions, and obviously, we're not going to spoil anything because it's 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 five issue series, first of which hasn't even been out yet. So, um I do have questions, which you could probably ask after but um no i knew i i was warned adequately that this is uh, for someone like me um might not be something Jewish. i'm going to be <laughs> yes exactly for someone whose circumstances may not be um up your alley but uh i i appreciate the the tone i appreciate the care and the way the story is told i love 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 the art beyond a shadow of a doubt i think the look is absolutely fantastic um and and there was a trailer for this as well which which we'll have in the show notes but uh no i i know as soon as jason said you know you're you're definitely going to um have 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 an issue with it um i was like yeah no i i, I just tony and i will have words it, it's it's fine <laughs> i mean
4: I guess I should set up what the book is, but just so you know what, like when I was writing that every step of the, of the process on this book, I always have you in my head. I'm just like, man, I hope David likes this (laughs) (laughs) because it's sort of, it comes from me not having been a dog person and then becoming a dog person. And like, that's sort of uh, what, what the story sort of springs out of. Uh, And I know that you're such a dog person, an animal person in general, that I'm just like the old me. And just so we're clear, to the listeners who has, have not read this book, uh, it's not like this is just a snuff book about dogs getting murdered left and right, yes, but yeah. the premise of the thing is, and I haven't actually, you guys are my first stop, of course, so I haven't really uh, pitched this out loud to anybody uh, publicly, but it's a, it's a murder mystery set in basically like a Don Bluth or like a Fox and the Hound uh, situation. Because it basically it comes from, I always talk to my dog uh, when I walk her or I have a new dog. It's a boy named Baxter. Uh, When me and Baxter go for walks, I'll talk to him. And mostly what I talk to him about is how they don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know, (laughs) like, we'll just be like, you want to go down here? You don't understand English. Who cares? Uh, uh, But we, I feel like we connect on a deeper level. But I also oftentimes think about like, when I leave the house, they just think I disappeared. You know, like they have no idea what I'm, you know they don't know what anything is. They just know where the food is or where I am. And, you know, like they, they live a very small life. So this is a book about, uh, I mean, I'll tell 11, all the thousands of 11 o'clockers, I'll tell you guys, but just, you know, try not to spoil it for other people, but it's like, what if, uh, a dog's owner was a murderer would then, and what if the dog didn't know, you know? And so this is a story about this house full of dogs whose owner is a murderer, and a new dog shows up and tries to convince them that that's what's going on. And then, and and basically, that's what the story's about. Uh, then, these dogs are they in danger? Uh, are other people in danger? And that sort of thing. So, it sort of like takes uh, the stuff that I love, like uh, crime stuff and horror and like uh, true crime and murder shows, and then also. Um, like the animation and, and cartoony stuff that I'm into that like uh, when I had the idea for it, I, I saw it very clearly as being like a, a Don Bluth horror movie. And, then, uh, and, uh, and when I thought of it, a lot of times I'll have ideas for stuff and I'll just jot it down and be like, okay, that's something I'll get to. And then when I thought of this one, I was like, I don't think anybody else is really the right person to do this. So I'll, I'm going to make this a priority and do this. And so I, uh, so I started writing and working on it and I reached out to, uh, this woman named Trish that I know through ponies, uh, like we met at pony conventions, and she's way better at drawing dogs and cartoon animals than me. Like, one of the things I learned when I started going to pony conventions is that, like, the fan scene, like the fan art scene, uh, all blow us away. Like, all the people that work in the comics are fine, but the fan artists are incredible because they just have, like, a unbridled no pun intended, passion for these, like, cartoons and these ponies and stuff. And uh, and I also knew she was a dog person, and I knew that she was responsible, so I reached out to her, and she hadn't done comics. Uh, she had just done a couple of covers for ponies, but she hadn't done, like, sequential comics at that point. And I just uh, sort of pitched the thing to her and said, like, uh, would this be something you'd be down to do? And she uh, she came on board, and she's been, you know, like – incredibly responsible, which is like, and, and, and like her work is great, but the, the main thing with doing indie comics is that you're just like jumping on a thing together. You know, it's like you're in a a garage band, right? Like nobody's getting paid. We're just making this thing. Um, and then, So we hope it turns out all right, and a lot of people will flake. A lot of things will sort of end up unfinished, and we're rounding the corner on the fourth issue of five right now. And so we're we're, just—we plan to have the whole thing done by the time the first one comes out in February.
2: You know, I I think I got to jump in and offer my services as your agent because you totally downplayed the premise of this book. Like, okay, uh, yeah, sure. you, 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 maybe I'll get better at it no you soft sold the shit out of it because I'm thinking the premise is one of those things like why in the hell did I never think of this why it's one of those those crystalline glowing sparkly little premises that's like it's so beautiful in its simplicity and perfection Like, why didn't I think of it imagine a world in which a serial killer takes trophies from his kills the pets of his victims, and all of the pets live together, uh, and the the pets, being you know dogs, uh, don't have an extensive memory, but sometimes they do. Sometimes something will trigger their memory that brings it all streaming back to them. What happens when the survivors of vicious, brutal murderers remember how they got there? like that's just freaking brilliant to me now and i kind of i kind
1: of hate other shows too
2: no i i actually i kind of hate you a little bit for coming up with it because i think it's so beautiful in its simplicity
3: i i have a question though Uh, now now um how much research did you do for this because i mean early on when we get the flashbacks with at, at the vet's office and, uh, and, and, and Sophie's human is, you know, is, is concerned because you know, Sophie's shaking and, and the doctor's like, you know, that's not how their memory works. Now I know after growing up with dogs, being around dogs, watching their behaviors, trying to train some dogs, knowing some dogs are easier to train than others. Some dogs are very stubborn. Um, is, is that, is that research you did? Is that something your vet told you with Buster? Is this something you just did for the story to move the story along?
4: Um, it's a little bit of something I did for the story to move the story along but I did read a bunch on the, like, the idea of dog memories and there's no like super concrete science on it because right. they're, they're dog brains you know, Like we, we can't talk to them um, But Speak for yourself, dude <laughs> Of course <laughs> Animal man, I mean on the yeah. David Harper show, like I heard that dog bark, and I was like, "Whose dog is this?" Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and Baxter, by the way, not Buster. Who would
3: name? I'm him sorry. Buster? Shit. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I was gonna. This is a. It's, it's the same no, name as uh, as Scotty Young's kid. And I, yes. But it's the name that the dog had when I got him. So I just I didn't feel right about like changing his name. Uh-huh. But when I sorry, we know he just he just it's wrote
0: cool. off the fact that like he just wrote off one of Scotty's kids.
4: <laughs> I was gonna name the dog Milo, which is the name of Scotty Young's other kid. Okay. Yeah, I, good. And, good save, good save. Up, I was just,
1: like,
4: <laughs> I was just like, that's weird. I can't change it from one guy's kid's name to the other name. And then I told my friends, and they were like, that's weird that you know that fucking guy's kid's names. Oh, I was, like, well, that's
0: I <laughs> like, excuse me for I, having empathy and love for other people. Seriously,
4: I listen to your show. I know what's going on in that guy's life. You know,
0: <laughs> true.
4: Um. Oh uh, yeah, so I did. I did research. I read a bunch of articles uh, like on the idea of uh, different people have different thoughts about uh, dog memories, but th- it's also you know for the story to work, dogs can't have super good memories. Yeah.
1: Okay.
4: Uh, but, so I just sort of plucked you know the stuff that I needed from those you know their sense memory stuff, and obviously we've all seen like you know dogs that you know a soldier comes back from war two years later or whatever yeah, and yeah. the, the immediately, so obviously there's that, and I feel like within this story like that's all accounted for, you know, like if they came into contact with somebody they knew before they would know, like it's a sense memory thing
3: I just want to make sure you had receipts so that anybody reading this, if any vets or you know if 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 Caesar reads this he's like well that that's bullshit, that's not how dogs work
4: so yeah, any sort of like a dog Dog therapists that come around that I will have full conversations with them.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, Good.
2: but like right. the like the characters in the book, the the science doesn't have to be real, right? You could do some fuzzy yeah. science, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: it's, the, sort of, it's
4: sort of fuzzy around the edges, like dogs yeah. are. Yeah, no
2: animals yeah. were harmed in the making of this comic at
4: all.
0: So <laughs> the reader <laughs>
4: might be harmed,
0: but yeah, <sighs> yeah, dude. When anytime I you see the words "that's my lady." Like in that book, I'm like, oh, uh,
4: yeah, oh, uh, that's great,
0: dude. But by the way, so you know, you know, I come from from the from the art side, and we, I mean, I know you mentioned Trish and and all, but like that art is ridiculous, dude. Yeah. and like, yeah, it's so. I know we're kind of dancing around the, the 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 specifics of it for for good reason, but but the the nature of the story is so well served by her art because, as you've alluded, like, it's classic illustration. I mean, she, st- she learned how to draw in part from taking classes by Don Bluth. Like, it looks like Don Bluth. And, and yeah. like, the idea of a horror story, like, cringe level, like, holy shit, I can't believe that just happened, in a Don Bluth rapper is fucking insane. And yeah. and with that said, like, I I hope, <laughs> like... You never remember back when we were kids in the in the eighties you'd hear these stories about how like mom and dad would, would go to the video store to rent a movie for their kids' birthday and they'd pop in <laughs> Peter Pan and it'd be like, Oh, this is not the version of Peter Pan that we supposed to be showing our kids. I'm like, right. dude, this book you you read the first few pages and you're thinking, Oh, I'm a I'm gonna pull my ten year old in to read this book with me because this looks dope as fuck and then you realize after reading a few more pages, like, I should not have my ten year old reading this book with me. So like yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna make it crystal clear to uh, like like that it, this is not for children?
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of me is like Frank Miller in the nineties, where I'm just like, fuck that, let everybody read everything, you know? Like, yeah, I, I like that. But like, <laughs> but also, yeah, a lot of retailers that I talk to because I've uh, I've had the the first issue done for a while, and I took it to uh, Comics Pro, like the last live in person event that I went to um and talk to retailers about it and that was the thing a lot of them said was just like you got to make sure that we don't sell this to kids <laughs> uh and, and so yeah i think i mean we put a t plus on it you know like that's images rating i like i'm real happy with the way that the design on the thing's working out we hired this uh this designer named lauren Herta, uh who's another uh brony con hire like i I kind of like that I'm pulling all these people from, like, my sweet other job and making them do this dark book with me. Um, but she did all the design for pony conventions, uh, and she just has this really classy look for the thing. And I am and I don't want to junk it up with, like, some don't sell to minors, you know, like, explicit lyrics sticker. Uh, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure about it. But we did – we're doing these, uh, these horror movie variant covers, uh, which is something I sort of had to talk myself into because – like low-key uh i'm like when i see a lot of homage variant covers i'm sort of over it at this point you know i'm just like this is corny you know like just stand on your own two feet uh but then i was i talked to another retailer and he was like bro those things sell like crazy and i was like oh well i guess i could you know like i'm in, I'm in this business to, to sell comics yeah there's and a- also the horror movie like putting my cartoon dogs in horror movie settings that people recognize sells the concept of it pretty well. Where like, if you see those two books in a shop, you'd be like, well, I got, that doesn't look like it's for kids. So yeah. I don't know.
2: I'm assuming there's going to be a, a Goonies cover with all your dogs and the, as the, the Goonies and stuff, but um you could take that if you want it. But uh, <laughs> the the thing that I, and I said it to the guys full dis- disclosure as we were reading it, I'm like, yeah, they've established, the parameters of this world you, you've you've laid out the boundaries right like there's uh, people die in the book or or they the the act of them dying is is delineated in some fashion and i'm just like man i wish they pushed it a little bit farther like i want to see throats getting cut maybe panties getting right. ripped off you know what i mean but that's me and and <laughs> i i i, I No, I have to give you a tip of the hat because there's restraint going on here. It's shocking, but there's there's a line that you've established and you don't go over it. Which, you know, you have my respect, but also, I mean, I I would have loved to see some just like, uh, you know, just nasty shit. Very nasty stuff
4: in there. I'm going to tell you right now, Vince, we go over it. You just haven't seen it yet. So like...
2: Oh, uh, really?
4: (laughs) Mm. I mean, it's not like, Nobody's getting their panties ripped, that's for sure. Oh, but, well, you, know, like, you can always rate that in.
2: There's fun. time. There's time
4: well, to write the... A... Every issue has sort of been like a, a different vibe. Uh, and the fourth issue is like the this is a horror movie issue. Like, nice. three is real suspenseful. Four is a horror movie. Five is my fucking image comic adventure chase. Okay. You know, like finale, finale type thing. Nice. Uh, and by the way, like, mm-hmm. I haven't said it, Yet, but that it's an Image comic book. I mean, you guys know me. Uh, nothing could make me more excited than put like anytime I'm making graphics for this thing or mocking up covers or whatever. Whenever I put that eye on this thing, because I haven't done like my yeah, own yeah, Image yeah. book.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
4: I'm fucking a young blood kid, man. Like I couldn't be more thrilled to to do an Image comic book. It's a huge deal to me. and I feel like it's such a you know like you talk to other pros at conventions and they're like, yeah, I'm doing a book at Image and stuff, but I'm just like. Do you know who's fucking publishing my comic book? Yeah, dude. Image, I, I assume you're, I assume Cats, you're recording... Uh, Savage Dragon, motherfucking comics. For
0: sure. I assume you're doing Rob's observations later this week?
1: <laughs> I don't
0: think Rob's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, and, and Sophie is like the perfect ingenue. Like, like it, Like it. again, character design. Yeah. Cute as a button, you yeah. know? it's And it's a like classic horror film, right? Like the... The, you know, the Nev Campbell, right, of the... of of, yeah, of, of <laughs> You
2: just dated yourself. Right? The, the well, Nev Campbell.
0: <laughs> well, okay, appreciate it, right? doggy, relax. Well, how I about mean?
2: Barbara Crampton?
0: Now you're dating yourself.
2: Exactly.
0: Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay, I'm down with no, that. No, because... No, but honestly, the reason I picked Nev Campbell is because I think it's the same kind of setup. I mean, Sophie's a cute, like a pretty right. young girl who's in the lead, right? Like so that's eh, i don't know well, no I know, it, I know, see i know you're like such a horror purist vince i know like i'm not how dare i bring up right i've told you i've never seen them i've never seen You've them. never seen them really <laughs> no what? <laughs> what? That's i've never see, seen I, 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 I see i see you get mad at me when i make fun of the, like i don't understand why you wouldn't see them out of curiosity like they you just, watch almost any horror movie like they just like, didn't
2: attract me it was a bunch of pretty people gathered together in these <laughs> these you know, any you the new horror films, sure. and I'm I'm just like, nah, I don't need to watch
0: these. Fuck it. Not to no. not to get off of the on the side from from talking about Tony's book, but like I don't remember. Do you, did you? I assume you've seen and or did you enjoy the like the the other mainstream horror movies that we all grew up on, like Friday Thirteenth or Nightmare Oh shit, movie? yeah, 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 okay. yeah.
1: But yeah, that, I'm not that's... Give it to convince
0: you otherwise. You know, you know, you know, a thousand times more about horror films than no. I do, but. But I really thought the the, the, the first screen in particular was, was, was good, man. Like, I really thought it was a good horror movie, but,
1: yeah.
2: but okay. Uh, well, I mean, if, if it is, yeah. And, and if, you, if you give me the thumbs up, maybe I'll go back and watch them. But I've never seen – I've seen the first 20 minutes of
0: the first Saw movie.
2: Like, I, I, I don't that invest in – Well, the Saw's
0: are kind of whack, but – Yeah, I don't invest did, did in Did you see Paranormal I? Activity? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. Yeah. I think that's the one of the scariest – those are some of the best modern horror yeah, movies. Yeah,
4: I like yeah. those – except for that 3D one. I did
2: not care for it at all. Tony. I got the I got the 5th issue right here.
1: Oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> is it
2: 3D? It could be. <laughs> it could <laughs> be. The the killer got it's his latest victim, right? And he he's got the pants off. And he rips the panties off and the woman, now listen, this is awesome. The woman is okay. half half human, half dog. But she's half male dog and a big red rocket sticks out and he's like, oh, shit. Stabs him. Yes. Wait till
0: Tony sends this these script notes to Trish.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's the other thing. Like, I do have to send her script notes sometimes or like when I have ideas for stuff. We had like a, a pretty clear outline of the thing when we started working on it. But as it went along, stuff has sort of, like, evolved and changed and, like, gotten scarier in certain places. And she's, like, a nice lady. You know, like, she has a regular job. She's just, like, a she loves cartoons and stuff. So, like, I'll have to call her up and just be, like, just, like, describe horrible shit to her and just be, like, would it be okay (laughs) if we did this with these characters that you created and loved and stuff, you know? Like, uh, and it's always, like, I always have... Uh, trepidation about it, but to her credit, she's always just like, "Yeah, that sounds good. Let's yeah. do it. That's what's best for the story." You know, like she, she really kicks ass at it. Um, it's it's like, how much experience
2: got, like, do you have with drawing dog pee pee?
1: <laughs>
4: like
0: not not much.
4: She nailed
1: it. She did pee in the first issue. Yeah. Yeah, Spoilers, yeah. everybody. Well, yeah,
0: there's pee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's yeah. water sports in this book. Like we said, yeah. it's not for kids, right? Uh, also, dude, um, I can't believe we've gone this long talking about it without dealing with the elephant in the room. That you, I mean, it was announced in September, so I don't think I'm spoiling anything. Hollywood Reporter had it that this is at least hopefully going to be turned into a animated film, right?
4: Yeah, Paramount Animation uh, optioned it. That's crazy, Uh, man. Wait, wait, are we low key?
0: Are we playing this low key for a reason? Just because you don't want your hopes up, or?
4: Yeah, I mean, that's the like. I don't want to be out here dancing around because you know, like if like I'm definitely getting money, um, and I'm getting you know option money. But then it goes into development and right. if uh, – or it goes into, you know, like they're pitching it and writing scripts and stuff. And then if they decide to make the cartoon, then I get real money. Uh, and so we're very excited about it. Like me and Trish are super psyched. You know, like we own it 50-50. Um, and Tone Rodriguez uh, ha- has a little piece of it. He, he participates. So he oh, nice. One.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah, he's our layout artist Yeah. He gives us no, but I
0: mean, it's pillow. nice that he has a little piece of the, of,
2: of the back, and that's cool. Well, Tony's yeah. a human being.
0: <laughs> Relax. Yeah, and, and, I mean, all right. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: It's me. <laughs> it's it's always me.
0: A it the so days of Bob Kane are over, man.
2: But so, so, Tony, you don't want to pull a reminder and put the yeah, cart before the horse, right? So you're just taking it day by day on this, which is good.
4: Yeah, I just, you know, setting – uh, 2020 has been a nightmare for everyone yeah. except for the election when, okay –
1: I'm just, apparently. We hope.
4: We hope. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, well, it's well, yes,
1: oh, No, it's, it's official. My
4: dad, my dad and I haven't spoken uh, about politics for, since way before. Well, we're going, just up. because <laughs> we I'm sorry. No, this tomorrow. tomorrow this morning, yeah, please. but I, I said, let's just not talk about this until after the election because it's just too much. And then, so I texted mom the other day. And I was like, "Yo, dad's not texting me back." And we said we talk after the election, and she's like, "Your father does not believe that the election is over." <laughs> yeah, oh, my God.
0: Yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah, we got to be careful veering into this again. But, but yeah, but it. The latest poll says that sixty-two percent of Americans think that it was a clean election and I'm like, Well wait a minute, if that means that thirty eight percent of Americans don't think it was a clean election? Like that is a far more frightening number. Like, yeah. let's, like yeah. let's do the inverse here. But uh, but back to the good news, it. dude. So yes, ac- according to the Hollywood reporter from back in September, yeah. your story was picked up, like you said, by paramount animation and it's gonna be written, at least supposedly, at least initially going to be written by Mark Perez, who I think people most remember from, he was the guy who wrote game night, which I think is a hilarious movie. That is
3: a fantastic movie. Yeah.
0: And then, uh, okay. Gary Doberman is the producer and admittedly, it looks like he's done a hell of a lot of things, including it and Annabelle two wildly successful horror franchises. But I, uh, I don't, I don't know the man by name, but, but certainly those films were smash successes. So it sounds like you're in good hands. Yeah, there.
4: Yeah. He's made like a billion dollars for new line. Uh, just with those two, like he did both the Its, and he did all three of the Annabelle's, um, and, but he's one of my, uh, like, the reason that we had Hollywood stuff going on before um, before the comic was even announced is because he's one of my best friends uh, from out here in L.A. Oh,
1: like when I, I first that. moved
4: out here. Yeah, I first moved out here in 2006, and, uh, you know, like, all my dirtbag friends would just hang out, and he uh, was an aspiring writer, and he, like, wrote a couple um, sci-fi channel movies back in those days. And for us, that was just like, you made it, dude. Like, this is great. Uh, and then as everybody's careers sort of gone in different directions, his went, you know, right all the way up. Uh, and, you know, I've been making comics. And so it's just sort of like uh, we're both fans of each other and as well as friends. And so when I had this thing that sort of fit into his world like that, where it's horror and he's a huge dog lover. Um, and one like one of the dogs in the book is based on his dog. Uh, just because I was like, you know, if I put a dog in this, this based on his dog, he's definitely going to get a movie made out of this thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: smart. So far, smart. So-
4: yeah. So yeah. So, uh, fingers crossed on that shit. Like I'm a big fan uh, of game night. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And, and Gary's going to be in there sort of, uh, overseeing things. I text those guys, you know, I basically, like I send them all the stuff that you guys got from the comic, and then outlines and scripts and stuff for the stuff that's still in process, and just sort of keep them updated with you know what's happening. But at this point, they're writing the the pitch for the movie based on the issues, the three issues that you've seen, and the script for the third issue and the outline for the fifth issue. So it's it's that's crazy nice. that it's happening like as early as it is, but it's happening. It's, it's wild. Okay. Is, Trish, is she doing
0: Trisha uh, Digital? tone is she
4: yeah yeah she's all digital uh, we're it. doing the covers <laughs> we're doing the covers traditional um just so that there'll be something um uh, and because like the way we're doing the covers is even more collaborative than the way that we do the the interiors because the com it's like super collaborative um where like on the comic book pages i do thumbnails and i send those to tone and then tone does like tight layouts with backgrounds and just like la- and then Trish takes those and and does the finishes and really like like we'll just put like scribbly little bullshit dogs in, and then she really brings those dogs and just like really goes for it uh and she's so good at like motion and life and like everything looks animated, and then the way we color it uh with Brad Simpson, who you guys know from uh he did sex with Joe Casey. I remember you guys read that
1: yep
4: uh, he did that unpronounceable one with Joe Casey flix Flixty, that's a date. Uh, the very beautiful colors in that too. You know what I'm talking about? MXVI. Yeah. No, oh uh, yeah. Oh, 1980. Yeah, uh,
3: 1983.
4: There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's doing the colors on this, and it's a real specific like thing that we figured out where if he does rendering in the backgrounds and then just does the dogs flat, then it looks like a '90s animated cartoon. You know, it looks like Balto.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that's the thing. I was going to... No, go ahead. Keep going. On the,
4: on the covers, we do like a back and forth where like uh, I'll sketch a thing up and I'll send it to her and she'll send it back to me. And we sort of send it back and forth until eventually I'll ink it and color it so the covers sort of have like the most artwork that I'm putting in on this. But we're doing, like I said, we're doing those horror variant covers and we're doing obviously the five main issue covers. Awesome. And a bunch of those are, are in that trailer. Uh, that we put out today, but, you know, just uh, for split seconds.
2: Now you keep saying Don Bluth because of the connection, uh, but to me, this looks a lot more like Backshe. Really? Yeah, and, and I hate Ralph mm. Bakshi, but um, <laughs> I, I really do. But Bakshi has a tendency of taking a time-worn chestnut and beating it into submission, which I think this does really well. You're, you're taking... Well,
4: certainly thematically it's more Bakshi than yes the Although, that's what
2: like, i mean i know Vis- visually no there's there's artistry going on here where it's just not you're not drawing over real dogs um right. but i i think the premise is is more backsheet than bluth where again sure. you're, you're taking this this beloved institution of the disney-esque cute funny animal um um, Life is wonderful premise, and you're turning it on its ear by having these dogs being in the presence of a a person who has murdered other people. <laughs> I I love well, it. Done, I, I
4: feel like I sort of stepped away from the backsheet of it all. Uh, what I did was I uh, hammered out a coherent outline uh, and script, and then have sort of hung the the story on that. Uh, whereas I feel like Bakshi tends to freestyle a little bit.
2: Maybe, so oh, like more I than a little to, bit. Like you know, I, That's why I, hesit- <laughs> I hesitated. So when you say
4: you don't like Bakshi,
0: Vince, do you mean as a storyteller? Oh,
2: I think Bakshi blows right across the board. All of his movies that is suck.
0: Fucking, I, I, that, like, you've said a lot of crazy things in the 12 years of the show, but, but yeah, this yeah, may yeah. be the craziest.
2: Dude, Bakshi is a consummate hack. He that has is. never He has never done anything that wasn't instigated by somebody far more talented than himself. Wow, wizards is complete <laughs> this is, this von. Is
0: absolutely blasphemous.
2: It's not bad blasphemous. Wizards is one hundred percent von Bodie. He 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 aped Ron Bo- von Bodie's style yeah. completely yeah. in wizards. Well, listen,
0: I'm not going to say Bakshi's my fave. I just think like and he, he makes him out to be like a hack. And that no, he weird.
2: is. Uh, he's he's worse oh. than a hack. He's a thief and a hack. Well,
0: let's let's go back to the positive. Don yes, Don, let's, let's go back I to the mean, positive. I love Bluth <laughs> a, a lot do, more than do. Ralph Bakshi. And, uh, and 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 and. And Tartakovsky's like what Bakshi wanted to be, but could never be. So oh, Tartakovsky's
2: right. a million times better than okay. right, we're gosh.
0: back on. We're back in sync. Okay. Yes. Positivity I'm just saying, like, like as a kid that grew up grew in the late '70s, early '80s, man, I, I got some love for Bakshi shit. Yeah. Because
2: you didn't know any better.
0: Sure. Yeah. Okay, sure. but I mean, as we've talked about a million times, like nostalgia is a is a is a powerful tempstress. Like sure, we, we but were, but we nos- we're auditing these people's bona fides when we were falling in love. with No, those.
2: but nostalgia, in tandem with life experience and knowledge is a very powerful thing go back i, mean, up- I gotta
0: admit I ha- it's not like i've even watched or thought about bakshi from a exactly. perspective in a long time exactly so, again i'm not gonna fight with you on that it
4: just seemed a little harsh in the moment but maybe not
0: harsh i don't
2: know dude lord of the rings Probably. is like, a travesty
4: it is lord bit- of the rings is what sort of uh broke me of a- broke the spell for me you know because i was into it you know just like you know like Bakshi. like he ma- he made uh you know like far as i was concerned wizards was the coolest vhs that ever existed you know like he made all kinds of stuff i thought cool world was great because i was 10 when it came out or whatever
1: yeah.
4: um but then when i went back and watched lord of the rings the way they sell it now is they sell the rankin and bass hobbit then they sell lord of the rings and yep. then they sell the rankin and bass uh, return of the king right. And so you've got like makes perfect sense classic animation Right, some crazy shit that goes on for three hours and right. then makes perfect sense. Classic animation. Yeah. yeah, that's a real start, that's start Contrast. You guys, you guys want to be over now?
2: No, it's like shadowy dude <laughs> with cardboard wings taped to his back as a Balrog, or right. amazing rank and bass animation. So it's like on-
0: Star Wars seven followed by Star Wars eight followed by Star Wars nine. I
2: won't even go that far. <laughs> it's yeah, it, it's pretty damn
4: Star Wars 7 deplorable. Followed by Star Wars eight. Followed by Star Wars seven again.
0: Which was much better than Star Wars Eight. <laughs> so. Well, be be that as it may, um, I, I think nah, it's it, all good though, man. You know, because when you came on, and and I think one of the things people love about you is is your your veracity. You know, like you you uh, you are not like you know you, you're not you're just a, you keep it real. Like, and when you came on and talked about, you know, dime shopper dude, like you 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 you, you kept it one hundred with folks about when things when the orders weren't tight and you know like. So I love. That, I mean,
1: uh, go ahead.
4: that might have something to do with my trepidation, also. You know, like I've I've been hurt. <laughs> you know, like I've been burned in this game, and so right now where it's just like still in previews, I don't want to be running around my dick out. All right. Well, uh, I mean, again, I, I'm a I wouldn't mind saying that.
0: But Let, whatever. let's I'll first of you. all, no disrespect to your publisher with Time Shopper, but it is a different game being an image. <laughs> Fingers of the
4: crossed. I no, I mean, it
0: is. Out. I mean, again, I'm not, you know, there there have been, you know, as you know, with Action Lab, like Sean Pryor was our good friend, and he was involved with Action Lab for a long time. Like, I'm, I have nothing against Action Lab, and, and it's lords know it's freaking really, really hard to be back at the previews part of the catalog as a publisher. It is not easy. You do not have a lot of things going for you. It's an uphill battle. So I'm not trying to besmirch them, but all I'm saying is, like, as three guys who do previews videos for our, our patrons every month, uh, there is a difference between yes, we are the kind of people that that comb through every page of the back of previews, looking for those hidden gems to bring to the show. But you know, I mean, you know how it is. It, like, there yeah. are a huge chunk of even not just readers, but there are a massive chunk of of uh, store owners who either because they don't have the budget or the time, or they don't they don't have the 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 wherewithal. They don't. I mean, Action Labs is not a thing for them. They're not like they're just not going to. Uh, to, to even give it much mind and and I think there's not a single uh, collector who reads previews or a store that uh, that orders direct in the direct market that doesn't look at every single solicited image, you know. Yeah. So have well, you got? I guess it's you. We haven't. I mean, it it hasn't really been solicited. Yet, so you have no like no window yet on interest yet, right? I
4: have. The only real gauge I have is, like I said, I went to that Comics Pro, and that's this uh, gathering of retailers. Uh, it's super cool. Um, I mean, for by comics book standards, you know, like it's not, <laughs> it's not like keeping up with the Kardashians, but it's, you know, just like comic book retailers hanging out, talking business. And, and if you sign up for it, you can go as a creator and sit there and just pitch your books at them. You know, like, uh, please carry my book. Here's why. And uh, so I made co- I made preview copies of of Stray Dogs and Time Shopper um, when they were when Time Shopper was in solicitations and I went and just uh, sort of like gave the hard sell on both of them and you know like the the concepts that that I come up with are all pretty wild you know like I don't have uh, just like oh this would be a fun detective story you know I don't have like just regular ass ideas not that I'm like that sounds ridiculous. Just understand that I'm a humble person, but the ideas that I get excited about that I want to uh, run with are the ones where I'm just like, I've never even heard of this, you know? So in that way, Time Shopper, uh, about a guy that travels in time and instead of doing good things, just buys stuff for cheap, mm-hmm. and Stray Dogs, about dogs who are the trophies mm-hmm. of a serial killer that are trapped in this guy's house, uh, are both bizarre shit that you that nobody's heard of before, Uh and they, they both are like uniquely for me, like they both have my voice. But when I would pitch them both to retailers, like Time Shopper was, you could see the same like look in their face where it's like, who am I going to sell this to? And then I would pitch this one and they would just be like, oh shit, what, tell me more about this? So uh, if that's any indication, I feel like uh, it's the sort of thing that will excite people. Uh, it's definitely the most commercial idea. Like, like I say, like I have ideas that are bizarre, but, out of the bizarre ones that I have, this is the most commercial one that I feel like I, I may
1: ever have. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so I agree with across.
2: that. I, I think it's very commercial, but I also think it's very subversive. Yep. So so yeah. you're speaking to the people that pay attention to the the um, the commerce side of things, but people like me, the yeah, fuck it, it's all about the art. Like those people are going to their ears are going to. Uh, perk up when they hear, you know, trophies of serial killers. So well, I, I, I yeah, think, I, I don't I, know. I don't want to, you know, like, tip it. You in and any, I are
4: a lot, a lot alike in that way. You know, like I, I have, I feel like we both are just like old men yeah. wrapped around like a little <laughs> mad teenage inside of us that's this, just like, fuck yeah. everything. This <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. This is uh, true. And, fuck and you. I won't do what you
2: tell me. Yep.
4: Exactly. Like the, like the megas dance around to. You. Uh, mm-hmm. But I had this idea, you know, and it's very commercial. But it's the sort of thing where, when I, any I start working on a thing like with Time Shop or like with anything else, I start making it, and then I'm just like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So that this ended up with Image uh, is a is a real blessing because you know, like I said, it's a huge it's a huge deal for me. But if it came out at you know, you know, Action Lab or Ape or something, you know, I don't know who's all, who's all out there. Whoever was going to publish it was going to publish it. Jesus, or, did
0: you just say Ape? Holy shit. Day, right? Digging in the crease. Like, oh, my
4: God. <laughs> AIT Planet Lars? I mean, it's, it's Jesus. I mean, if we put this no. thing out through Pacific or whatever, it's you know? fine. Yeah, Pacific.
3: Who did uh, uh, who did? Yeah, okay.
4: But uh, I lost my train of thought.
2: But I'm just glad that it's based, coming out from Image.
0: Yeah. Me because yeah, me it me.
2: definitely tips the scales in your favor.
0: Yep. Listen, I, and, I don't...
2: You've been swinging right. for the fences for a long time, and I love you for it. I love your tenacity. I love I love your artistic accomplishments. I think you're brilliant at what you do. It warms my heart that this, this is coming out from Image because, like Jason said, let's be honest, a lot of people are going to give you – are more likely to give you the time of day with this that it's coming out from Image than if it was coming out from AIT Planet LAR.
0: Now, do you, Tone, do you know if uh... – <laughs> Because Image has been doing that thing where they have one or two uh, number ones when they solicit in that month, and previews. they do like the the two or four page interior uh, yeah. pages. To is that is your book going to get that treatment? Yeah, it's preview pages. It's has the gem of the month.
2: Oh, nice. nice. The yes,
4: <laughs> it, awesome. mean, it means something to me. I don't know if it means something. I was, oh, I think, think my first. Does, yeah. I think it does.
0: Yeah, it matters to the retailers, man. Like it. it you know retail, like retailers are going to be a little more apt to add a couple extra copies yep. to the list uh, yep. that type of thing so. if the a, publisher has confidence no, in you they will too yeah
4: yeah it's a no risk first issue which means i guess it's returnable yep
0: yeah, yeah. That's um, that's image and that's
4: then kind of, yeah. uh and there's the two covers and then image did, did a a vari- like a blank cover too which uh we don't have conventions right now but uh if anybody gets a blank cover i will for free sketch a dog i'll sketch your dog you know Damn, like bring me one of those blank covers, I will hook it up. just because I believe in this book so much and it nice. means so much to me. So.
0: Well, listen, I I, I think yeah. I'm just gonna. You know me, I'm I'm okay with the numbers. I like the numbers. I'm gonna yeah. go out on a limb here. I'm I'm, I'm I don't. I'm not trying to rain in your parade. I don't think you're gonna beat crossover number one. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think so either. Because crossover number <laughs> one okay, sold 150,000 okay. copies, so I don't think that's yeah. gonna happen. But. I think you know you could take out these these dudes like Jeff Lemire and Scotty. I think you could outsell Middle West and <laughs> and, and and Descender Man. Like fuck them. Like you go for yours, dude. That'd be nice.
4: I could, I might could outsell you know like the seventh Middle West. I don't think I'm gonna come from <laughs> Middle West. <laughs> hey man, uh, I have I have like Listen, a number of if our legion
0: if our legion does what they need to do and and orders it, we'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, yeah, as that, I was. Would be as I was reading the first issue, I'm thinking, if my Lucas was in there, number one, I'd be dead. But, okay, let's take that as a given. He would have figured it out right from the get-go. <laughs> now, he yeah. would have, because my Lucas is the smartest dog I've ever had. The a smart
4: boy. Oh, and You're he's... saying if you were a murderer, he would know. No, no if, if,
2: it if, uh, if I was murdered and like my dog joined the, the, the group uh in the first issue lucas would be like fuck it we're all the the, the trophies of the serial killer you dumb asses <laughs> he,
0: uh, he would get a whiff of the chewing tobacco and be like that's my lady
4: she <laughs> watched forensic file
2: uh fyi
0: 3 months jason really yes see it's as though we don't ever talk it's it is. amazing it is I, like, it was know.
2: it was the part of the sacrifice i made to achieve something that i have desired for a long time
1: Nice.
0: Yes. I crave knowing more nooks and crannies of your life, and it's like I have. It's like pulling teeth. Three months. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. But that's wonderful to hear. Seriously.
4: Thank Absolutely. You. This yes. is the it's first time hearing about this in fifteen years or whatever. Dude, thirty yeah.
2: thirty-five years. I did it for. 30. Were you doing
4: it while we were hanging out? At Dude, Lamarcus? he was. Uh, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, twenty-four-seven. Mm.
2: There wasn't a minute that I've been in your presence where I did not have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: Ah, it's, it's, I just thought you were like slack
0: No, it's I'm that's just, why people think he's stoic. He's just got his mouth full.
3: Yeah. I'm watching him, and I'm like, this motherfucker again. Still, I'm like, ah.
0: No,
2: three months. I'm done. I'm finished love, because I will not me, go I'm back.
0: Over, I'm over here now. This is it's good, amazing. good. But let's let's just t- yeah,
2: let's talk about the comics. That's what we're here.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's because we haven't been talking about the comics,
3: but that's cool. <laughs> Dick.
0: Let's talk about <laughs> other people's comics.
3: Oh, can we?
4: Nah. Can we do that?
3: I think watching? we can.
4: Is that, is that something we do? Oh man! Yeah, so. I'm excited. Stop sitting here jinxing myself with these sales numbers. That, that, yeah, you don't want to, to do that. Well, Vince that is, is about terrified. to bring the show
0: down because he's about to talk about a comic that he's the only person on Earth that <laughs> read. But,
2: um, but number number one, I'm not the only person that has read this book. You dick! It was. I'm sure, Frank
3: has
1: <laughs> read it. Sure. I'm yes.
2: Sure read it. There are other people, but you know what? I seem to be in this groove where. I'm the anti because books that people said that they loved, I'm like what? I didn't like that at all. And books that people said mm, I haven't found anything of value in this book, I'm like what? It's awesome. Well,
0: when and, you have to you have to elaborate. Can you give us one or two examples of books people say they love that you weren't feeling?
2: Yeah, like Caleb, uh, our buddy Caleb was mm-hmm. was very much into Odessa from from oni press or yeah Yeah. oni press and i was just like i bottomed out halfway through i'm like i can't even finish this book oh
3: yeah yeah yeah.
2: i don't like it at all yeah that's that's not in your
0: concentric circle though no
2: but but there have been people on our slack that disliked or didn't find any value in the book i'm about to talk about but i'm just like wow this is the best thing i've read out of marvel in a long time um it it's actually the first Marvel book I've bought in singles in years since Black Order. I don't know when did Black Order come out? 2016? Know,
0: 83?
2: No, the Black Order dude. I'm kidding. 2015 <laughs> could have been. But anyway, minute like, ago. I feel like it's, yeah, it's been longer. A minute.
1: Yeah.
0: So, they released it in conjunction with with Avenger, with the second with the final Avengers movie, so.
3: They did. Oh, so that's, oh. that's, that's 2018 then.
0: All right, so it's been a minute since I bought a single from
2: Marvel. And this is, uh, like I said, the first one was written by Kieran Gillen with art by Jason Burroughs. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Color art by Hava Tartaglia. It's Marnaeus Calgar, number one. And it is pulled from the world of the Warhammer 40K franchise. So, if you're not hip deep in Warhammer 40k, you're like, okay, what is this whole thing about? Well, basically, it's about ever-present, universe-spanning, brutal conflict. There's war, and there's nothing but war. The Ultramarines hate the chaos. The Imperial Guard despise the orcs. Uh, Eldar hate the 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 necrons and everybody hates the Tyranids. And the the those factions are interchangeable. Everybody's at war in this this um science fiction premise. Like there's just constant bloodshed. Uh, brother against uh bug against robot against green skinned org. Like it's just everybody wants to kill everybody else. Um so it begins, as it should, with the Primera Space Marine. In this case, the title character, Marnaeus Augustus Calgar. He's the chapter master of the Ultramarines. And he's on Novatrilium. Uh, sorry, Novathulium. I'm thinking Jeff Lemire from last episode. Um, and he's romanticizing and waxing poetic on the effects of a well-placed bolt. Now, what's a bolt? If you don't know Warhammer 40k, you don't know what a bolt is. A bolt is a single self-propelled round of very high caliber ammunition that explodes shortly after penetrating its target. And Calgar's attributing sentience to the round. Like, oh, it's reveling in its elimination of its target. In this case, um, the corpus of a very despicable chaos cultist. And... um Calgar, he's straight up the emperor's ass. Like everything the ultramarines do is in servitude to the emperor. And the emperor's been dead a long time. So you have this imperium that is constantly spreading in service of a dead god. Um, you have these genetically enhanced Primera space marines that are massive in scale. Um, and they are uh, tweaked to do one thing. That is, expand the empire for the, uh, Im- the emperor. Um, and this story takes place after the 13th Black Crusade. Again, if you don't know Warhammer, that's okay. Uh, the, the 13th Black Crusade is a pivotal point in Warhammer mythology where uh, Abaddon, the despoiler, the, the, the galaxy is basically split in two. Yeah, on the one side you have the Imperium, uh, on the other side you have the uh, warp-tainted chaos, and in between you got a gigantic warp storm that is separating the two. Not a good time, but anyway. So we're we're on um, Nova Thulium, which is a very important planet in the Imperium because of its agricultural output, and Calgar's uh, there. He's, he's surveying the place and he, and he has, um, one of the Adeptus Mechanicus with him, which is Quintus Hexamar. Like what this guy's sole reason for being is he provides the Ultramarines with arms and armament in order to fulfill their goal in ridding the universe of the taint of chaos. Okay? So he's reassessing this, the reconstruction of the defenses. After um, this chaos infiltration, and Kalgar, of course, doesn't think that the rebuilding is occurring uh, quickly enough. Wouldn't you know it? A force of heretics attack a very crucial processing installation. Kalgar has to, you know, go on the scene. He he, it's very brutal, very bloody. Um, he he destroys all of the uh, the chaos cultists, and this is like the one thing. Uh, for which ultramarines were created it is extinguishing the taint of chaos because it was the corruption of the warp that turned the emperor's children against themselves nearly destroying the imperium from within there's this big sprawling storyline within warhammer 40k that's called the horus heresy the the despicable taint of chaos got wormed its way so far into the Imperium that it took one of the Imperium's proudest um, and and most loyal members, Horus, and turned it against them, nearly destroying the entire Imperium in the process. So the Ultramenes take chaos very seriously. And when a uh, uh, a chaos uh, bubble pops up locally... Calgar's going to act on it, right? So you have him routing these chaos agents in the present time. And then the narrative jumps centuries into the past that shows um, the history and the purpose of Novithulium, And we're introduced to a very, very young Marnaeus Calgar and his helot, which is a servant, um, which also happens to be his friend, uh, a young man named Tacitan. Marnaeus was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. So his aspirations of becoming a space marine are to him a very real possibility. Not so for his buddies and especially not so for Tacitan, who was is a slave, basically, right? But Marnaeus treats those around him not as society would dictate, but in a manner befitting. Um, what they've earned uh, what he feels they've earned, so his little buddy Tacitin, who's his slave uh, or his servant, is in Calgar's eye an equal, and he's going to pay for his entry into the adeptus Astartes. It's unheard of that a slave would ascend or even uh approach the aspirant status of a space marine doesn't happen, but Marnaeus feels this kid's his kids is equal, and he grew up with them, so he's like where you go, I go. So come on. So you have three, uh, four, uh, Marnaeus, Tacitin, his buddies Cato and Severin. They're trained by this guy named Crixus, who was a failed aspirant to the rank of space marine. He he tried, but he failed. He got to, to um, Neophyte, but something happened. He didn't really make it, and he feels like it's his penance to train students to be better than he at the the role of space marine so he takes him to the uh, moon one of the moons of uh novothulium novothulium minor and they encounter one of these giant ambles and it's it's basically you know it flips pops back and forth between Marnaeus as a kid and the present right um so in the present it, the book, the number one issue, ends with uh, a couple of Chaos Space Marines on Thulium Minor. Now you're saying, okay, what is? Why is this a big deal? Well, I kind of told you that the the Ultramarines take the Chaos uh, very, very seriously. But up until this point, it was Chaos Cultists and heretics. There hasn't been a full fledged Chaos Space Marine on thulium minor in in a long 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 time so this is a very 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 big fucking deal um this is only the first issue so if you've read it and didn't really there's a big twist in the legacy of of marnaeus calgar i can't tell you what it is without spoiling the very reason you should be reading this so i will say um give it um, give it a chance. Don't bottom out on this until the oh shit moment. Cause the oh shit moment defines the, this, this five issue miniseries and it defines the character of Marnaeus Kalgar. Wait until that big reveal. And if the story does not win you over, then maybe the role of, or, or the, 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 the mythology of the 40k universe isn't for you. But there's a pretty big deal with this storyline and it's not even hinted at in the first issue which is why i was reading this i'm thinking they have no idea what's coming down the pike they have no idea um the 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 story will pull the rug out from underneath you and there's no indication of that in the first issue which is why i'm saying give it a chance but i thought this issue was amazing like, one of the best things I've read out of Marvel in a very, very, very long time. It's How obvious... How's this
4: Jason Burma's, though?
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, he's incredible, right?
4: He, well, he, he's, he's I mean, I'm a fan of his of his Avatar stuff, for sure. How's this look?
3: Oh, it's miles above. his. Now, have either of you ever looked at his Moon Knight stuff? <laughs> I, know
4: look look Moon Knight. Right I know it's Moon Knight.
3: I know it's Moon Knight now, but...
2: No, I've seen it, but because the character is what it is, right. I didn't is really... Peter? No, I didn't buy into it, but it, I mean, visually, it was impressive, right?
3: Yeah, it was. It was, it was a neat story. I want to, I want to I, I go back and and finish it. I faltered and fell off, but I was, I was digging what this, where the story was going, because it, it of course followed, um, the, uh, the bun and the Lemire stuff, and 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 it was, it was, I liked where they were going with it, and I think Burroughs worked really well with that character because he's got a look that I think, yeah. Um, benefits from Burroughs' style, but but I mean not to take away from the Warhammer stuff. But yeah, no, I mean but I know no, he's uh, been at Marvel for a minute and I just didn't know if this was if you guys hadn't seen him since uh the Avatar stuff. No, up until this point
2: my diet of Jason Burroughs was anything he had done in tandem with Alan Moore. Right. So you're talking very period specific Lovecraft
0: inspired homages.
2: Which is I think he did a wonderful job. When, Speaking when, of that,
0: uh, the Providence Omnibu was just uh, kicked. The, I just got charged today from Kickstarter for it.
2: It warms my heart that you're getting that.
0: You know I'm down. Boo! Come on. I'm just All the jokes aside,
2: you know I
1: you
0: know I love me some I, Alan Moore. I, I bought the singles. I don't need the Omnibu, but it, no, whatever. I said, yeah, I had some of the singles, but I I didn't. I don't have all of them. So.
4: But, Is that still through Avatar? Are they do in Kickstarter now? They are, yeah. I mean, Dude, you know, a lot, a lot Avatar of would
0: sell pencils on the street
2: corner to make money. For right now, it. Right. A, lot, a lot of these
0: publishers are low key doing the Kickstarter now to get their stuff funded. Yeah. I, I mean,
4: it, that makes sense. I, I guess you would probably end up with a better product than you would if it was, you know, they would just probably just put out a trade or something otherwise. Yeah, because
0: um, what was that? That uh, Matt Keanu Berserker? Berserker, right? yeah. Um, yeah. I know yeah. Ma- uh, Magnetic's been doing it because um, I know DAP, you backed that. Uh, Paris 2119. Oh no! What's the? I th- I thought you backed the uh, the one that was just solicited this month, the um, the Pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: No, I didn't. I, you and I, you, would, we were discussing it with Tomio, and and when I had backed Paris twenty one nineteen, which I believe is arriving tomorrow, um, they they said, hey, you back this? We want to give you first look at Pan, and right. and it does uh, look yeah. really cool. But I figured, all right, I I, I back this. I'll probably get it from me the DCBS, or
0: I'll just yeah, I ordered it it from DCBS because I mean here's the I mean. I, and I, I don't need to cut off your your no, talk we're of good. Warhammer, but like the the weird thing about Kickstarter right now is that it's this strange position where you really are asked to like like in essence, we're being asked to be patrons in the truest sense because for most of these things, you're almost assuredly not only getting the book for like when back in the day, if you kickstarted a book that eventually found a publisher, you were still getting either a more limited or higher quality version. Than what was solicited, or you were getting it for cheaper. Right. But that that's 180 I mean, now almost every time, if you're kickstarting these projects, many at which I have full disclosure, um, you're paying more than what it will show up in in previews the next month. Uh, so, yes, you know, yeah. and, and again, like I'm fine with that. Like the ones I'm backing, I'm fine with that. Knowing go- I'm going in full eyes that right. if I don't participate, it may not even get published or get solicited. But but it is a weird dichotomy, right? Like, like to like with the with the pan book. Like, I mean, I think I think the lowest hardcover tier in Kickstarter, I believe, was like thirty five bucks. I could be wrong, but I think it was like thirty five bucks. And I think I paid twenty on. Yeah, it.
3: no, and, and it's it, it, when when um because we were talking about this with the folks on the Slack because yeah, there
0: are there are definitely you know
3: if if um like uh, the the um the Jim Rugg book. That looked really cool, and I thought, you know, that's a pretty neat idea for a Kickstarter. But then I saw it in previews, and I'm like, that's I. I love Jim, but that that's really not sitting right with me because I don't think I don't see any difference. And the um, whereas with Magnetic, I know that you know they're small, they're like a really small publisher, and and they're doing the translating. And um, I figured if. If I'm able to if I see something that I like, because I just finished reading Ghost Money and 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 one of the creators is on Paris 2119. So I was like, if I see something and I'm, you know, it's something worth my while, and I know that if I'm gonna if I'm gonna support it here on Kickstarter, that means there's a chance of it making it to preview so other people can read it. I'm there for it. But what really sold me on backing this particular product was um I, I got a soundtrack out of it. It's coming with a, at no extra cost, it's coming with a sketchbook. It's coming with, uh, it's coming with like a gold, um, a a, a commemorative like one-off coin. So, I mean, they threw in a lot of chashkis. They threw in a lot of extras that you're not going to get from preview. So, in that sense, I really appreciate what Magnetic is doing. And I know that, you know, there are people, there are some products that, um, some projects that, you know, you'll get the thank you in the back of the book. You'll get the, I'm also getting like the exclusive peach cover that's not available through 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 the standard retailer edition. So I appreciate the the, the extras or are, are you knowing that you know this is different than what masses are getting because you did support it and I'm cool with that. But if if you're offering something like, like Berserk, if you're gonna give me something that I can just get at a discounted rate uh in another couple of months, I'm I'm good with waiting and I hope you get funded so that I can get it. But yeah, the, yeah. I mean we're definitely there. Yeah,
2: I got to be honest, um, a thank you on the, the Kickstarter page in a book doesn't mean jack shit to me.
3: I, I know it does. That. I mean, I, I think I'm of the mind where that. I think that might be the bare minimum. Like I almost, yeah. I mean, because at the beginning when we were backing almost everything that, that, that we knew people were coming out with, like that was basically, that was the first year. It's like, oh, you're going to get the book and you're going to get a thank you. And then slowly some other dudes were like, oh, here's the book. And for an extra five or ten bucks, you'll get a thank
2: you. Yeah, and I'm glad safe. that it exists. But <laughs> sure. I, I watch these YouTube videos, and they're like, eh, "Look at the top of our video. These are the people that have patronized us, and and check yes, out their names. Yes, and yes, They're yes, awesome. Yes. And it's like, you paid for that. You paid yeah. to have your name streamed over a YouTube video. Are you that vain? I, I don't understand. Like how that's a perk.
1: I
0: but, I mean, I think that's a little bit like I don't, I don't think the people that do that. Like it's not a vanity thing I, yeah, I think a, generally speaking it's yeah. they're supporting the book and then the 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 people that are publishing it or or the future like are 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 being kind by giving them a name I, I don't think many people are like yo, I'm gonna back this on my names in the book i because i I mean, don't I'm know a million I, Kickstarters, and i've and I, I my name has appeared in a lot of them, but i've I've never once done it for that reason no I've, but if, know, as
2: far as the YouTube goes, there's a specific tier that says if you patron patronize us to this level, you'll get your name on our one of our videos. And that's all you well, get. Well, let's be careful
0: here, because how's that any different than us? offering a <laughs> shout out to our patrons, uh, patrons when they join? I mean, it's not. Different... It's right, not what so I'm saying. So, like, I mean, let's be so, so All right, maybe I just don't not. understand. Like, I mean, all right, people like it.
2: I'm good. I mean, I forget I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand <laughs> it. But anyway, it's
4: just um, a lot of right now.
2: seriously, I, I love like you I love you. No, you're not chumps. I love y'all. So, um, okay, where did I leave off here? Uh, uh, I distracted you. That's yeah, all right. Did, I, I'm all right. I'm glad you did. But um true uh well full disclosure, I have been steeped in the Warhammer forty K mythology almost since its inception. So this book preached to the choir. Well, I, I was already locked in way before I read this issue. So um it spoke my language. I was very familiar with the environment and the characters depicted within. Um it was a very easy slide into the fictional uh environs of this issue. So I was one of the target audiences for this. Um, maybe I'm you're-
0: really curious to see how things like this and the Ultraman do from a sales perspective because it's so curious to me why Marvel would be like interested or bothering to do these licensed stuff that aren't even their core IP.
4: Because right.
0: they have trouble yeah. enough selling books based on their own IP. And, it's like, true. but yeah.
4: In comic sh- shops, but that Halo graphic novel was like one of the best-selling, I think not even comic books, just books that year that came out. Like They yeah. sell the crap out of those there things. You go. John so, Lehman yeah. made so much money off of... Uh, Licensed video game comics that he could fund, like the first four issues of Chew, and quit his job. Oh, like,
0: okay,
4: yeah, those video game comics are crazy.
2: Well, like, they um sell
4: them at stop at bookstores and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, the data for your analysis, Jason, is this: I am the target audience for the Ultraman book as well, and I got to say, I will never. I I didn't buy the first issue. I won't buy anything from Marvel with Ultraman on the cover because I didn't like what they did with it, but this book yeah i ponied up for the first issue and the next four and, right. and i'm and i'm perfectly comfortable doing so i think marvel struck gold uh at least with this first um warhammer miniseries w- what happens after this i don't know but right. i think kieran Gillen, jason burroughs and company did a wonderful job with this uh i would recommend this to anyone um not only fans of the of the game, of the games workshop stuff, but fans of science fiction. I just think it's wonderful. It it was really well done.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: Shout out well, mm-hmm. Shout out Ultraman writer Kyle Higgins though. That guy uh literally picked me up from the back of the catalog and carried Stray Dogs over to Image and said you guys should publish this. Oh, for real? Well geez. yeah.
0: God damn, shout uh, out to really Kyle Higgins up. then. I like Kyle. I won't yeah. have him be smirched.
2: No, Kyle's good. I just, I just didn't like what he did. Elsewhere, so.
0: <laughs> well, Kyle was putting it down with the Morphin Power Rangers stuff, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Kyle's a good actor. Hell
4: yeah. Yeah, he's got his book. His book solicits the same month as mine. His new one, uh, Radiant Black.
0: Okay. It's like a and Green listen, Lantern t- type. T- t- let's be fair. I mean, every everyone has a, a whiff, right? So
4: yeah well, I, I was mostly just joking you could smirch anyone you want on this thing you could be smirch uh, no, my dearest friends yeah, I That's think
2: it like was like, almost I, I, I impossible were
0: your dearest friends <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you could be, be smirch right.
2: no wait a minute I, I think it was almost impossible to convince me to buy a Marvel Ultraman book I have been in love with Ultraman far longer than Warhammer 40k uh, I fell in love with Ultraman when I was not even what 13 years old 12 years old so i mean yeah it it, w- it was much more difficult to get me to 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 love an, a take on ultraman than it was warhammer but I, i'm just saying i i thought the warhammer was was brilliantly done though the ultraman was good it just wasn't good enough for me to keep buying Karen Gillen, no slouch and no. Uh,
4: I, I like his I like I like his Star Wars stuff a lot too. So like you know he can jump in on a, a license and, yep. and play with the toys that are already there.
2: But this is smart because it it it, it preys on or it, it capitalizes on one of the brilliant um stories in the Warhammer universe that is I mean when that when that flip comes, you're gonna be won over. I'm telling you. Yep. I'm done. I trust you. Yes,
4: I'm done. All right,
2: the bottle of Emperor is gone.
4: <gasps> <laughs> yes, sir. Who's next? You are. All right. Uh, <laughs> I I've uh, I talked a lot already this episode, and I've been working a lot more than I've been reading.
0: Damn, he's uh, so excuses just... for this book he's about. To write about?
4: <laughs> no, I like the it's hot fire. What I'm about to bring. Okay. Uh,
0: oh, look at but this! It's
4: not like. It's not, you know, new, fresh off the shelf. It's just something I feel like is mainly overlooked. Uh, at least I don't see people talking about it. I saw Tom King talk about it a few months ago, and I was like, that's cool that he fucking knows about this thing, too. Um, it is Rick Geary's murder comics um, collected in these super cool volumes, uh, a treasury of 20th century murder and a treasury of Victorian murder. Uh, I think there's two compendiums for the Victorian one. Those are out of print, but you can get you can get them for pretty cheap. Um, and then you can get the the stories that are contained in as like solo volumes from NBM. Uh, and it's just Rick Geary doing rigorous true crime comics. Uh, he did one about uh, the Lindbergh baby. He did one about the Black Dahlia. He did Lizzie Borden. He did Abraham Lincoln. Like he's done like sort of all these like great, like t- famous murders. And then he also does like a lot of the ones that you, uh, you know, like you've heard about if you like, if you're a murder head, but like, uh, not the, not the banner ones, you know, like not the, uh, not the most famous, uh, marquee murders. Uh, but if you, like if you know Rick Geary from Gumby or like from, you know, comic-con for years uh you know he's a, a dope cartoonist uh heavy metal um and this i feel like is his passion because he's p- put a a good part of his career into making these uh sort of like short uh like if you get the the black dahlia one i think it's like 50 60 pages long and it just gives you sort of like it breaks down the story from the beginning Gives you details. Uh sometimes they're a little bit gory, but mostly they're, you know, I guess this is sort of appropriate for me to come on and talk about my cartoony murder comic with some cartoony murder comics. But you know like how Rick Geary draws, so it's not like it's not like a Jason Burroughs or it's not like a, a, a like an avatar gore comic where it's just like you're seeing entrails and you know, spleens and shit. But it is uh for my money, it's uh, they're just really beautifully done. Um, I don't know. Have you guys fucked with these at all? Do you know about them? I've read, a
3: lot, them. Like, I've the read a lot of them. I've read a lot of them. It's a white space for me, dude. Really? I've yeah. sworn you've you, you've talked about them at some point. Well, at least one of them. Ah, he has. A- I know somebody's. I, I I know. I well, I mean, I haven't read any of these books. by I'm, I'm a huge Rick Riordan fan. I mean, and my my introduction to him was the old san diego comic-con ads
1: yes and
3: mm-hmm. um and i just I, I love his art style and um and i'm glad that he's he's found a, a, an outlet with with this subject matter with these with, with these books um and i find it fascinating i just i haven't gotten around to, to getting yeah. them or reading
2: they're them. a teeny tiny bit on the dry side sure but i mean that's that's the the narrative the visuals are just gorgeous like gary's always been he he has a very very unique style um i call it the drippy line style mm-hmm. um and you'll know it when you see it there like he there are pieces of his line that that break away from other pieces um and and that's why i said like his line is very fluid and 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 drippy but it doesn't look like wet or drippy you, you'll get it when you see it um I, I've I've always enjoyed his work, but the the narratives on these things are if you're a true crime fan, holy shit, you're gonna eat these things up. Um Yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean it's
4: basically like you know, like a forensic files or like a true right. crime, yes. you know, yeah. Like a episode on uh HLN.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh where you're just like here's a murder, here's the details. either we know who did it or we don't know right. who did it. Yeah. Well, um and and with the more famous ones, you know, <laughs> like you can like if there's one that you're already interested in, like I knew a lot about Black Valley already, so I was like, well, let me see this, um, and and so I grabbed that one, and then I was just like, oh shit, like I want to read all of these, uh, and the price point is pretty good. I feel like you can get the Black Valley one for like ten bucks or twelve bucks or something, uh, and then the the collected ones are a little more because they're out of print, but like I said, they're not prohibitively, and if you read one. And you dig it enough, like I feel like you'll dig the rest of them. I, I I'm a huge fan of them. I'm, I'm super psyched that they like. It's one of those things where when I was reading, I was just like, I'm so happy this exists. You know, like it's so crazy that this guy spent this much time making this many. You know, because it's like basically three compendiums, and he's still going. He just did a Billy the Kid one. Um. So yeah, he's just you know he's just cranking out this stuff. He's got a real passion for it and i feel like he's in his like her late 60s now early 70s so yeah you know i don't know how many more he's gonna do i bought a page of oa from one of these from him uh towards the end of last year because i just went on his site and i was just like oh shit you can just buy this stuff uh so i got one it wasn't uh it was a splash page and it was very affordable uh and i just it was just nice to be able to email with him and tell him how much i liked his books
2: wow I love his stuff, awesome. uh, the classics illustrated stuff that he did. Yeah. Um, the, mm-hmm. Especially, uh, like, I'm not crazy about Wuthering Heights, but his adaptation was pretty damn dope. Mm. And uh, I love his Invisible Man. Really good stuff.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, right up his alley, too. Like, just the way he renders with Line, you know, like, yeah. you know, he's going to, like, the, the way he draws those uh, bandages is perfect. Yep. Yeah, so uh, Rick Geary's Murder Comics. Look up a treasury of... And Rick Geary, and you'll find a, t- a ton of stuff. I highly recommend it. They're from NBM. He's the original publisher. That's the original publisher. But then, uh, speaking of Kickstarter, Rick Geary, his newer stuff, he's been running Kickstarters. So, like, he just puts out... Like, the Billy the Kid one came out, came out of a Kickstarter. And then he did a non-murder one more recently that's just about this town that he ended up in. Like, he used to live in San Diego... Uh, and then he moved to New Mexico in this town that has just, like, an interesting history, and he just did a comic about the town he lives in, which is, like, kind of what I hope to be doing, you know, when I get to a certain point. I just like, I'll just fucking sit around and make comics about whatever strikes my fancy. Uh, and yep. so I picked that up, too.
2: Like Crumb. That's what Crumb does.
4: I mean, he also traded some sketches to get a villa in France, so I, that would be my actual Jesus. goal if I could get that going. <laughs> he had a straight baller status. Right yeah, there. pretty much. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he traded like a couple sketchbooks. That's the move.
0: Damn. That's, That's hot. Nice, man. Yep.
4: Shit. Yeah.
0: Wish I could draw.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> what you got? I mean, I could draw. I wish I could draw like Chrome.
0: Yeah, respect. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 with the intro, I, I, I hinted at this, but. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one who received the much-anticipated and fantastically produced, I will say, uh, hardcover collection of Kyle Baker's Plastic Man uh, this month. It's, uh, of course, by DC Comics. It's The collection is called the Rubber-Banded Deluxe Edition by Kyle Baker with Scott Morse, uh, and it is... Uh, all 20 issues of the Plastic Man series, 18 of them drawn by Kyle Baker, two drawn by Scott Morse. And it's interesting because this was one of those books, like, you guys know Plastic Man is one of those characters. That it seems like there's a handful of creators that are always like, oh, yo, I got the best Plastic Man idea. Like, let me get at Plastic Man, you know. And and DC rarely gives anyone the chance uh, to do it. Um, but they certainly did let Kyle Baker go go nuts in the early aughts with this, um, and it was both a commercial and critical success. Kyle Baker won a fistful of Eisners for this, uh, including Best Artist and Best New Series. Um, and it's talked about lovingly. And what's interesting is I didn't know until I got this collection that it was originally going to be a six issue mini. And that's actually one of the reasons that Scott Morse did the seventh issue, because it was so well-received that after they started getting the feedback, they hit Kyle up and said, let's keep going. And so he kept going. And then for so for one other time, he also had Scott do an issue. But, uh, you know, Kyle Baker, we've, we've talked about him on the show, and um, I think one of the things that we discuss about him is his artistic versatility. So a lot of people may be... If you're not familiar with this Plastic Man series, but you are familiar with Kyle Baker, you may be picturing in your mind what this book looks like. And chances are you're absolutely wrong because (laughs) what this Plastic Man series looks like is not at all what a lot of other Kyle Baker classics look like. And I love those, too. In fact, I had read a lot of Kyle Baker stuff, but I had not read this in spite of uh, wanting to. So, uh, you know, this is like straight Mad Magazine Tex Avery stuff. I mean, it's it's like Animaniacs. It's it's pure, unadulterated, unapologetic, non there's nothing there's no photo ref in this. This is cartooning. <laughs> you know? And I think that this is the plastic man that a lot of us think of when we think of plastic man. Um, but he had heart and the story, if you stick with it, if you go through the whole series, it like it actually has a, a narrative that underlies the the shenanigans and the craziness. And it's a fairly adult take too at points, um, but it was just magical. I mean, it was jaw dropping. The visuals are jaw dropping, and it's the other thing too is if you were, if you're just like googling or maybe Vince is going to post images of of what this looks like, you may think, oh, okay, now I know what it looks like. But 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 like many great cartoonists, he like yes, there's a certain uh, commonality to his 18 issues, but he also has a lot of fun with those 18 issues where he he does different things like one issue. I think it's issue 14. It's just basically Looney Tunes, psych Um Others are like romance comics, you know? And so he just, I mean, Kyle Baker basically puts on a masterclass clinic on the art of cartooning and storytelling in this, in this over two years. And it's, it's incredible. It's one of those things that was always spoken of with such high um, degree of love and affection, that I almost worried once I finally got this collection that I would be underwhelmed because it had such a high bar of expectations. But it soared right past it. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean and it starts with the packaging. Um it's a hardcover and and the whole thing is a stretch of plastic man's face and chest. And then they give you an actual rubber a rubber band of, of his belt is is um on the book, you know, holding the book together. And you can use it as like a A bookmarker would have you after the fact, but, but it's, it's an incredibly well put together package. Uh, and, and and the story was awesome. I mean, I just, um, I knew plastic man from the cartoons. He's been here and there featured in the comics, right. In the last 10, 15 years, but, but not prominently. He hasn't really been prominently featured in a long time. Um, in fact, his son's probably been more prominently featured really, if you think about it, but this is awesome. And I, and I, I think that reading this, I wonder why we haven't gotten more plastic man. Like I think there's a place for this. Like humor comics with heart. I I I mean I understand it's not um it's it's not in the traditional vein of what DC's putting out in the superhero universe on a monthly basis, but I don't know why there's not a place for a book or two like this. Certainly in a world where Harley Quinn, uh especially I'm speaking of Jimmy and Amanda's version, has been probably my favorite thing that DC has done since we started the podcast. I, I don't see why under the right hands you couldn't have a plastic man in that same kind of uh vein. Now, of course, with everything, you have to get the great creative team involved, and uh, that is a, a giant if, certainly. So I'm not saying, oh, just, just go ahead and do it. You need the right right team with the right vibe, so um, make no mistake. I'm not saying, like, just do what I'm saying, but it would be cool to see someone do it and do it right. But, man, this was awesome, um, and uh, shame on me for waiting this long to read it. But it's um, certainly the cool thing about it is it's like as much as it's revered, it's only 20 issues. You know, I mean, so this is the whole thing. So you, you buy this and you have the whole thing. And now I am fully versed in it. You know, I read it in one sitting last weekend, sitting uh, by a fire, just chilling out and nice glass of wine and read it and just loved every minute of it. And uh, I wish there were a ton more. Like, I wish this was the first volume and I was waiting anticip- anticipatingly from DCBS to give me volumes two and three. Unfortunately, there's not. But uh, what we got was near near perfection. And and. And it's so neat because it was so different than anything else DC was putting out at the time. Um, and I just wish that... Um, like, when you look at things like Strange Tales or this, it, I wonder why Marvel and DC aren't more willing, given that they put out 80, 90 books a month, to take a few more leaps of faith like this. Um, I wish they, I, Selfishly, I wish they would, because these are the things that I think stand a test of time, because they are different. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, shame on me for waiting this long, but I'm sure a lot of people were, were in the same boat, and hopefully you pre-ordered this book. If you didn't, uh, throw it on your Christmas list, throw it on your Amazon list. And When you get an in-stock trades gift certificate from your lovely wife or kids, consider using it on that because it's that good. So, And I assume Daphne and Vince, you guys read this off the shelves? Yes, sir.
3: Not off the shelves. I I, I read it here and there. I, um, I the This collection didn't make the cut for for this month so it it, i mean he called me he does what's your problem uh it's um (laughs) but it's on it's it's on the ist wish list so i mean it it's it's definitely because there are times where when i'm paring down my order and i realize you know okay this will be able to i'll just wait a few more months and and make a a, an in-stock trades order and and get a few things that i've been holding out on but um no, I I know this is absolutely fantastic, and one reason why I definitely want it is because the um the original version, the Jack Cole version that that's 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 my plastic man. I mean, I, I it as I appreciate what Jeff did with the character and the terrifics. Um, I I don't I don't dislike a. A smart or a, a a debonair plastic man, but that's not necessarily the version of the character that that I'm drawn to, and and it it just it absolutely makes sense for someone like Hal Baker to do something with the character, and um, and of course, bring it back to uh, to the character's roots. Um, I really like because I've always been a fan of of, of the Jack Hole style of art too. I. I at my grandparents' house in Massachusetts one summer, and and my grandfather dropped a a thick ass reprint of um of the old Jack Hole stories of, of Plastic Man. As so I I read that shit till it fell apart. And it was I, he picked it up at a flea market or something, and I I absolutely loved it. And and that's that's kind of where um my love of of Plast came from. And and yeah, and I enjoyed I enjoyed the cartoon with with Boy and and it's it's just a character that I'm always. I'm always fond of, uh, cause he's not, you know, he's not, he's not elongated man. He's not DC's version of, of Mr. Fantastic. He, he is a, he was, you know, he's a gangster and, and it, it's, uh, I, I absolutely love the character and, um, and I really like that this book now exists and it's it's packaged it's presented in a way i think that that's super fitting and um and yeah like you said it's it's complete all the entire run right here boom get it and and i i can't wait to um but yeah it's it's it, it is it's absolutely a must-have best use of plastic man
2: in my opinion rock of ages
3: I don't think I've read that
2: the Morrison. No, I didn't,
3: I didn't. Yeah, no, I didn't uh oh see now this is this is something we we're talking about in the Slack because the Morrison Omnibus came out yesterday, came out this week, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. um And Brian Newberry was extremely surprised that um that I hadn't read this because I am uh I, as much as I enjoy the just league and, and these characters, he, he was a little surprised, but it, it was it, it, the the 1995, the 96, 97, I wasn't, um, it was either making sure the lights stayed on and, and I paid rent or buying some comics every once in a while. So, um, I didn't buy comics really a couple things here and there, but for the most part, no. So, um, and I'm, I'm not necessarily one to, um, consume everything that, that Grant Morrison ever writes, but, uh, I didn't I, I sixteen and seventeen are two of my favorite issues, like I don't want to say of all time ever. It it's definitely two of my favorite issues that Grant Morrison has ever written. Um and it was also around the time with with the Red and Blue Superman and that has its own baggage. But yeah, there's a lot of I I really missed most of that JLA run that Morrison kicked off. Including obviously the forty issues he wrote or so, but um I've never read Rock of Ages. Hmm. Bringing it back to that.
2: And I say best, not meaning Jack Cole and or Kyle Baker. Because those two things exist in their own little pocket sure. universes in the DC yeah. big picture. But um, integrating Plastic Man into the DC universe proper, Morrison has the the nod with, with uh, Rock of Ages, I think.
3: That's cool. I mean, I know he was in JLA Avengers. Um, and And I mean, everybody was. So it's... It's um it's not like you know he's really gonna have a lot of time to be in the spotlight in, a, in in an event like that. But I will um I will look for Rock of Ages.
2: Tower of Babel too. This is really good. But anyway, sorry.
4: I have I have notes. Uh first of all, Kyle Baker I'm always very nervous about uh, meeting creators that I like. And Cal mm-hmm. Baker's like like – he's like an automatic buy for me. Like if he draws something or writes something, I'll grab it because I'm just like a, a super fan ever since. The one that hooked me was uh, I Think I Die at Midnight.
2: Ah, yes.
4: Uh, like a huge fan of that. Um, and so – but I met him at a show at Stockton – Uh, northern california a couple of years ago uh and like the that show has uh it's a small show so there's not uh like a ton of work to do after hours so it's an excellent hang show like you get to hang out with creators and stuff and it's always like me uh ramon is from stockton so like he'll be there ramon villalobos Uh, Dragata will usually be there justin greenwood uh but this time uh Kyle Baker was like a special invited guest and I was just like, oh, I fucking love Kyle Baker, you know, uh, and you guys think I'm honest. This dude is the most candid fucking person I've ever in my life met, like just was ready to talk about whatever. And he went in. It was a dream for me because like uh, I like to just talk to somebody that will say whatever and this dude will say whatever. So big thumbs up for me on Kyle nice. Baker.
2: Nice. Uh, I
4: read this book when it came out, uh, and now I'm looking at this hardcover. Uh, like maybe I might have to grab it. Yeah, also, in a like in a post Dido DC, we might maybe see more cartoony stuff coming out of there. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, word is he was an impediment for a lot of stuff. When you draw a cartoony like I do, you sort of keep your ear out for who's <laughs> fucking standing right, in your right. way all the time. Uh, so it's possible. <laughs> I mean, you saw you saw this week. uh, uh Middle West guy, uh, Jorge. Uh, Jorge. Jorge Corona. Yeah, yeah. Doing. Uh, did he do Batman Superman? Or was it just Batman? I don't know. It was dope looking. I only saw the preview pages, but see that doesn't make a whole are- lot of
2: sense because the worked with Giffen on OMAC. Yeah,
4: like, but that's
2: that's uh, super cartoony.
4: Yeah, he I don't was know. A, a, by all accounts, he was a very specific type of person. In in that regard.
2: Well, he's gone. So maybe uh, maybe DC will be better.
4: Godless.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, that,
4: it doesn't look that way right now, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Well, no,
2: <laughs> everything's up in there now. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing um, that, that initially attracted me to Kyle Baker, Dap knows the answer already. The shadow.
3: <laughs> hmm. I picked up uh, a couple of issues um, at the... Uh, the shop's sale back in september
2: and from the shadow it was why i hate saturn i was just yeah. and therefore and on and on and king david and all the stuff and i've been a kyle baker fan
3: ever since the shadow and i um and because i wasn't i'm still not really but because the shadow isn't necessarily a character that makes me sit up and take notice my introduction to kyle baker was and this is an amazing pairing and i still think of these these issues uh, is when Kyle Baker inked Mark Silvestri on the Spider-Man books.
2: Hmm. Mm, wait a minute. I bought those. Uh huh. I guess I wasn't paying attention.
3: No, no, you were not. This was uh, this was during the uh, the the Web of Spider-Man era. Yeah, bought them.
0: Yeah. I.
4: Um, I want Kyle he... Baker to. No, I'm sorry. No, oh, I no. want him to go back to that format like that king david mm-hmm. you are here why i hate saturn like eight and a half by 11 or a little bit i guess it's like european format but those yeah. big thick, giant books were fucking great
0: definitely yeah no i was gonna say i i, I was doing these previews of uh creators of pe- people of color who create comics for uh, a couple of months during the summer and did cal baker and posted a to your point uh tony i posted a um like a little TED talk he gave. Well, it was a TED you know, It wasn't an actual TED talk, but it was like that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, he was mad, mad like candid dude, like about his life and that. Like you know, he's yeah. not he's not he's not a rich dude. Like he's got alimony. Like you know, like he was he was keeping it real. And um, yeah, and, and I would say we were uh, we just probably like a month ago now we did that that Elseworlds bonus app and uh, one of the other big books for him was uh, the the. Uh, Letitia Lerner, Superman's Babysitter. He won uh, He won a bevy of Eisner's for that as well. So mm-hmm.
4: Bevy. I don't think I ever even got that one. That might be a, a hole for me. I'm going to look it up right now. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah, it's the Elseworld's 80-page giant. It's a story in there. He won uh, Best Short Story that year. Court. Word. Mm-hmm.
4: On my list.
0: Word. What else
3: we got, folks? So, um, I... Yesterday was weird because it was, it was Wednesday, I went to the comic shop and there was, um, it actually was a non poll week for me. Anything that, um, that I had ordered, uh, is, is, is coming from, um, from DCBS at the end of the month, but, um, still want to stop in and say hi, see my peoples and, um, and I saw so a couple of things on on the shelf that, that that caught my eye um one of them is the uh the Marvel's Voices Indigenous Voices but it's the really cool looking um Danny Moonstar variant cover um and i saw another book uh, another title from Scout Comics and i remember seeing it on the list when um when we posted on, on the Slack on Wednesday, and we asked for everybody's top five what they're looking forward to that week. And um I was like, I didn't I missed these in previews. And when I saw I saw this and uh Frank on the farm, but what I'm talking about right now is called the recount, and it's somewhat timely. Uh it the, the, the recount is written by Jonathan Hedrick. I if it's in relation to Rod. Uh art is by Gabriel Ibarra Ibarra uh Nunez. Colors is uh Sunil Ooh G H A G R E charge. Um but basically the um the art is the art looks like it's it's weird. It it, it kind of reminds me of. Um, it looks like you'd see it uh, on maybe a, um, a, Jason Aaron written indie book. Um, it's it's not necessarily like um, actually. It, it parts of it reminds me of Jock and and um, and a little bit. Of what you might see in Scalped. Uh, but for the most part. Um, we we hit the ground running. Because the president. In this particular story. Is coming out to resign. Uh, and before he can finish his speech. He gets his head blown off. By a secret service agent. Um, another secret service agent. Takes down. The killer. Uh, but he gets caught. Because he runs. And when. um while all this is happening and the vice president gets sworn in as, as acting president um, before she can give her speech, her first speech as president uh, the airwaves are taken over and the, um, the person talking to the country um, admits to, Well, he says we, but admits to executing uh, the president. And um, and he says, we are everywhere. And uh, President Christensen admitted to his crimes and he was punished. Justice was served. But that was only the beginning because now, uh, because the president wasn't alone in these crimes, they are going after everyone. They are going after the people who carried out. The president's orders, they're going after the people who, um, the other politicians who endorsed the president, the cabinet members, the people who funded and donated to the campaign, the people who voted for him. Everybody's guilty, according to this group. Um, So basically, a civil war is going to happen. And I picked it up because I really like the way it looks. But while I'm at the shop, I'm like, I don't remember, because I looked at the scout comics offerings in in this current previews um and i don't think the second issue is listed here and when um when my guy at the shop was looking it up because i'm like well i'll get the first issue as long as i know that you know i can get the subsequent issues uh it doesn't look like the second issue is is solicited um or at least it's not available through through diamond anytime within the next couple of months so i'm going to keep an eye out for it but yeah no this this was uh this was weird. I mean, it's it's not, obviously, it's not a very happy story. And it's not necessarily something that um, uh, parts of it it may feel a little familiar, or, or um, it, it's a tale that, that has been told differently over the years. Uh, but I'm, because even when the president is the now acting president, she's trying to get a, a handle on um, what's going on and what what these what this group is is admitting to and what they're what they're for and what their message is there's a general um is, is from the Joint chief of staffs in the room with her, and he is about to kill her so he's part of it as well and and so we don't know how far the conspiracy goes we don't know who's in it obviously anybody who didn't vote uh, who, who voted against um the president is on the other side, but you know, you don't know outwardly, unless they're wearing a cap, you know, that I voted for this person or they're driving a car with a bumper sticker, you're not gonna be able to know anybody walking down the street. So you don't know really who's what side anybody's on. It's it it's going to make for a very hairy and uh, and scary um story. The, the 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 secret agent who did the service agent who did take out his president's assassin when he when he gets uh, apprehended after running um, during the interrogation or the interview he's trying to tell the um, the agent that you know you don't know who else is involved in this you don't know how deep this goes and it's, it's kind of cat and mousy but um, it turns out that you know maybe he is part of it it's just I, I was really kind of um, intrigued by by the setup and, and that's the first issue does a really good job of um of setting it up I, I, i'm gonna keep an eye out and uh, i i think the artist definitely um this this is it, it it's not a slight it's not it, it, this is the look of this um tells me that this is an artist who who really is only going to get better yeah like it did three four five years kind of artists where you look back and go, yeah, I remember when they used to draw like this, or, you know, I've really seen them improve and, and which we've done. And, and we know people who have, and I, I really feel that the, the foundations here for, um, for some solid storytelling as, as they only get, um, as they get better over time. But yeah, I, I was really, um, I really, I, it, the recount of course, obviously because of what's going on in the world. I, it's, it's, it's crazy that a book like this came out this week and, and, um, with the subject matter, but, um, though, kudos to scout for, for putting out I, there. It's, I know, I know Caleb is a fan of vault comics. I know, uh, we, we've keeping an eye out on some of the other publishers who are taking a stab at, at, at putting out books consistently and, and, um, working on telling stories that you know last more than a handful of issues um and i think based on what i've seen what i've picked up from scout so far but what i've seen from previews and um, i i'm going to i'm going to keep a closer eye on what what they're going to be offering i know they have the subscription box and things like that but i'm 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 liking um what i'm seeing so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what else they can they're going to be doing uh in 2021 but yeah the recount was uh, was pretty neat
2: you gotta watch the stuff that comes out of scout comics mm-hmm. because they have this incredibly silly and in my opinion stupid tendency to publish one issue of a yep. book in single yep. issue form, and then it's this nonstop promotion where they'll publish one issue in single issue form, and then they'll pl- publish the entire miniseries in collected edition. really? Yes, it drives me is absolutely it, uh, crazy. Wow um, okay. and the reason why you, you probably the reason why you haven't been able to find uh, the recount number two is probably because it's not going to exist. They're going to go from the single issue for the first to an entire collected edition of the four whatever
3: issues miniseries it is. That's interesting because there
1: are trades
3: in in this month's previews. So I wonder if there's trades of the first. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
4: it's... I would be fine with that if that was a business model. That sounds great to me. I get, I keep, you know, I'll have an issue three of something that I miss, or I'll get lost on something. If you tell me like I can just buy first issues and then you'll give me the rest of the thing, like give me a taste, and if I like it, I'll get the rest. That sounds great.
2: I love you, but. So you're going to pay two dollars and whatever cents for the first issue, and then you're going to pay twelve dollars and whatever cents for the collected edition. So ultimately, yes. you're paying Double sixteen dollars for two of for the <laughs> bites buy-
4: They haven't even given me the big movie check, but I don't give a fuck about two dollars ever. <laughs> like all day long, the full <laughs> quote of the
2: Yeah, no, I'm not paying for an issue twice.
0: It ain't happening. <laughs> I mean, I, for, I'll I mean, be honest. I
2: routinely double dip. I'm the king of the double dip. Nah, so dude. I'll be honest. I got money to burn in some senses, but I'm not paying
3: twice for an issue. It ain't happening. Well, well, we should. I mean, I mean, we should. Um, that that's, that's this is uh, fascinating might not be the right word, but 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 David Byrne, who is a, who is a patron um, and is on a Slack and is co publisher of um, of Scout Duke, Comics. Like we should. Um, we 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 should speak on it we No, it I right mean way. I
2: I've talked about Scott comics in the past. I think their yes, stuff yes. is solid as hell. But I just don't understand the the tendency to publish a single issue and then a trade following. Like it
0: I mean, I'm just guessing and and you're right David, you're right that we can just go to the source on this one, but um and I'm sure you're listening David Burn. So, if you're listening, let us know. But uh, I'm just guessing it's not by desire, right? Like I'm, I'm guessing it's it's by necessity.
3: Yeah, because I'm, I'm curious. Like financially what's... speaking,
0: like it's just you know they 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 don't they they don't have the numbers to continue to put out in single issues, so
1: it, okay. The work's
0: done, so they put out the collected. I'm, I'm and again maybe I'm wrong, but that would be my supposition is that they're not doing it right uh, but by some clever bit of marketing. They're doing it because like that's the that's the path they feel like they have to take. But they're funding an entire four
2: issue miniseries.
0: Right, no, I understand. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, we DAP talked about Phantom Star Killer. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. And, and but, but the, the
4: cost, like, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. The cost to print the trade paperback is still going to be there after you've printed issues two, three, four, and five and six or whatever. You know, like so that's the bottom line that's getting cut away. You know, thousands of dollars. That yeah, that's they what they could have, right? like, But in you know, many instances, like in it doesn't go
2: beyond the four issues or five issues of the miniseries
0: it stops sure yeah, yeah. i
2: don't well, know I, I think hard they hard have for a,
0: these small publishers right they're just trying to get by
2: right but i think they have a very high level of quality within their company but i just don't understand the the publish one and have right. this thing floating in the ether because two right. three and four will never be published and then you at least in single issue form and then you have a trade paperback
3: that Tells the whole story. Like, sure. why not just skip past that? Do you think maybe they they do a print on demand because they they publish Canopus and and we read all four of those issues. Yeah, um, I, no, I was looking at the quality of Phantom Star Killer. It's
2: really high. It like, really is. The paper is great, and everything within that issue was wonderful. It's just that if I if I bought Phantom Star Killer number one, which yeah. I did, yeah. and then saw. In two previews, Phantom Star Killer miniseries, I'd be like the
0: fuck. It's just because like like dab said, my my only I haven't bought a lot of Scout stuff, but I did buy Cannabis and. Uh, like you said, we we got all the issues, so yeah. So oh, like, I wasn't aware that this was a thing. Other than and there's a
3: subscription it. box for for yeah. starting at forty uh, thirty four bucks a month, you'll get like you know a dozen Scout comics every month. So obviously, uh, they there. If it's working for somebody, great. Like, don't like my opinion
2: sure. is irrelevant in this whole thing. I just hesitate to pay twice for something. I get that. You know, it's oh, I get just, it. I get it. Yeah, I mean, you're not alone. Lots of people are like that. But the quality is there. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yes, I'm not. This is not a commentary on the aesthetics. It's just a commentary on the business model. But which if I is, may,
0: and I know Scout doesn't doesn't fit into this, but we're also a little spoiled. Like when it comes to the some of the larger publishers, we get digital comps of them. Yeah. So like we we quite often will say, oh yeah, I like the first issue. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off and buy the trade though or the collection edition, yeah. right? But but that's different because we're getting essentially a free digital version. Yeah, of we're getting each. we're getting a taste. Yeah, yeah. It's, so so, so I mean that taste, is a different. Yeah. I understand that's different, but maybe we're a little jaded in that. And that and most most people listening to this podcast and most comics and, fans are not aren't aren't true um, pr- like, like aren't given the privilege of having access to like right. a lot of comics each month like free digitally because yes. you know they're going to gonna talk about them. Some. But their exposure is probably or, limited
2: to what they saw in previews. And,
3: maybe. Or That's online. Tony's point: If, if you know, if, if someone read the first issue of the Recount and they're like, "Yo, I really want to see how this, where this goes," they see the trade they're in. If someone read the first issue, then you know they don't have to spend twelve bucks on a trade if they didn't like what they read in the first issue.
2: If, if they had a um, a reimbursement policy where it's like, "Okay, you bought this first issue of the Recount. When the trade comes out, send us the code from the back." <laughs> No, no, I'm yes. serious.
4: Send this us fits. the old DVDs.
1: Set, yes.
4: Just right here and right now, I'm going to set up a reimbursement policy with you. If you text me <laughs> that you Jesus. bought the first issue of a thing and then the trade, I'll send you the three dollars for the first issue that you bought every time. My God!
2: You know, it's I'm it's like you it's like understand. I'm Ebenezer Scrooge. Boy, what day is today? Go get I mean, me a turkey. A long way to... from you, little from prick.
0: Doing. Twenty dollars sketches
2: on their, uh <laughs> No, I'm just no. You know what I mean? Like, what's the incentive to the reader to be a Scout fanatic to buy that first issue, to buy that trade paperback? And if no, if you have somebody you want
0: to support the publisher, right? Know.
2: That's what I'm saying. If you have somebody yeah. that's that invested in 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 your uh, aesthetics of the Scout line, then give them a little kickback. Give them a Scout issue that nobody else can get. That's all I'm saying. Or right.
4: something. I'm, I'm speaking to Scout right now. If you guys make this your model, where you just put a one issue out and then put out a trade, I will read every one of your books. That sounds great to me.
1: Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm all well, this. you're I invested. I be the because model
4: for the whole industry. No, that's what yeah, they I'm do.
2: Free. That's what they do. Yeah.
4: Because okay. I can't tell you how many series I buy the first issue and I go like, oh, I'd read the rest of that. But then, you know, like... I've got, like, so I use the Fresh Comics app on my phone, right? Like, that tells me what's coming out, what I'm going to pick up. I have a list of the thing. You know, I read everything by this writer or this artist or whatever. And if something is falls outside of that, I have to keep track of what I'm reading, you know, like, oh, remember to pick this up. And if I don't remember, that thing's just lost to me. But if it's instead of, like, six issues, if it's, like, two, you know, by the first one, by the preview, and then by the thing, that sounds great.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to shit on on Scout Comics because I've talked about Scout Comics comics before. I went yes. deep on Forever Maps. I talked about Infernoct. Like I'm I'm not
0: dumping on Scout Comics. I just, no, I get that. Yeah, and that's why I think. I mean, to Daph's point, we we have a it's it's we have an unusual circumstance where one of the people who run the company are patrons, so they can they'll hear this and they can weigh in, and we can yeah. actually relate to the listeners. Uh their rationale for it. Dude, Metal
2: Shark Bro? I went I went all in on that. It's a yes, good book. Do.
0: Like Well, for the record, and again, I don't think you need to put out your bona fides here, but I uh, you've talked about Scott a lot more than the other, than David and I have. So Well that's because you're you're fucking heathens, but
3: whatever. Oh, wow. <laughs> Why, okay. while, while, we here, <laughs> while we're here, since uh <laughs> since we mentioned Mr. David Byrne and that he is a patron, I'm going to take this moment to throw a couple shout outs yes for our patrons who are um are in the inner circle uh this month like mr andy robbins yes sir uh yes, yes. And neil bevins oh and yeah and uh and of course the um the aforementioned david Byrne,
0: yes, yes sir a Much tip to all thank you uh,
2: i raised my glass of prophecy
3: to you oh whatever's left
2: no
0: there's just none left <laughs> Before we move to the in your travels dap we have to because if we don't talk about it this week we're probably never going to talk about it wait what um we don't have to go deep well it depends i don't know what you think but we i know a lot of folks are, are curious about what we thought of uh, batman three jokers oh
3: okay
2: well, well i'm going to take this time to relieve myself so you could talk all you want about it because wow. no i, I didn't Walk finish the,
3: the third issue
0: Okay, so do what you gotta do. The perfect time. Am I putting you on the spot here?
3: Am I? Oh, me? I mean, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 not at all. Let me get it ready. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's it's. it's I mean, I'll,
0: yeah. Well, because uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll just say
3: it's been out for of, a bit.
0: So full, no, it's also. But I also I got the um I got the hardcover today.
3: Holy shit, that's out already. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, so, I knew so it was coming I out. Had,
0: yeah. Okay. I had read the first two issues, and I have the third issue. Speak about double dipping, but then I forgot. I guess I had the hardcover. <laughs> So, so I'm, I'm going to be giving this away, uh, uh, after I had, but I did read it today. Um, but for those that, uh, while DAP is collecting his thoughts, it's, uh, written of course, by Jeff Johns with art by Jason Fabok and Brad Anderson. Uh, and, uh, we talked about the first issue and it's only a three, it was a three issue mini oversized yeah. though. Like each, each issue was oversized. So, uh, it was a very hyped book. I mean, we knew this was coming for, like, God, I feel like almost two years before it came. Maybe that's a little over-exaggerated, but I, I do think we knew of it for a long time before it finally hit the stands. Um, and the central premise of it is that um, there are three murders that happen simultaneously in Gotham, all by the Joker. And they're done in such a way that the Joker is seen and or on video in each place, such as to prove that in fact he was in three places at the same time. And, uh, so Batman and Barbara Gordon, AKA Batgirl and Jason Todd, AKA Red Hood, all get involved and come to the conclusion that there are multiple jokers. And that's really the premise of this. And, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll cede the floor to you and then I'll, I'll let you know what I thought. Um, I.
3: There are times where I definitely um, have high expectations when it comes to characters or setups. Um, there are a lot of books I'll read. I'm just I'll go with the flow, and so, you know I'll see where they're going with it. Or the characters are in the creator's hands. Mm-hmm. It was a competent story, what have you. This, for whatever reason, um, the the bar was maybe, uh, yeah. yeah, for me, I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, I definitely, well,
0: it's Jeff I, Jones, I right? we expect I, Jeff
3: Johns to kind of like, it's Jeff put, Johns. It looks up
0: somebody's ass when he's talking, when he's doing a story, right?
3: right? Right. And, and, and because this was, this was a fallout from, uh, rebirth. This was, you know, from, from when, you know, Batman sat in the Mobius chair and, and, you know, found out about the Joker and, it was there was the um, basically anything that that Jeff Johns has been doing in the past feels like five years kind of maybe was leading to this, and of course things change and and creators come and go off titles and and uh, the way the industry moves it, it it's going to make changes. But um, aside from Jeff Johns, aside from making it look fantastic there's also the call back to death in the family um there's a there's a sense that it it visually the tone of it at times reminds you of um of the dark knight or the killing joke especially with the 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 well, this time i'm getting it right the embossed covers um definitely give you that 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 killing joke feel The joker's face on the cover um harkens back to that so it's there's there's already it's already bringing a lot to it before you even crack open the cover um and i i understand you know the the name of the book and the story is three jokers and we get a sense of the three jokers but it is mostly a jason todd story and and I'm not saying I check out once I know that, but it definitely isn't. It's not necessarily what I signed on for, and and that's that's you know at no point that I think it was marketed as a Jason Todd story, but that's that's where the story was going. Jason Todd is somebody that you know met his fate at Joker's hand. They are connected, so uh, I, I kind of have to expect that. And when you have um, when when there's um, You when when you have it look like this when you have a um, a a mystery and of course Batman's supposed to be world's greatest detective. Um, I was I was definitely hoping that um, um, that's great. I don't know why the hell all of a sudden she's deciding to chime in, (laughs) but um, that is unheard of. Yeah, no, Siri decided to um, interrupt. Um, she loves you she really does it's not even Alexa she's not even listening oh now she is but one thing I really really made it um, close to worthwhile for me were the final few pages because um, while I do think the killing joke is close to perfect as it is as a complete story as, as, as this is it it's not necessarily its own thing existing in its own universe because obviously there was Fallout with, with Barbara. But everything that the Killing Joke is about happens between those covers and I don't need anything beyond that. Um it, similar to how I feel about, about Watchmen. But John's I thought treated that story and um because it was the Killing Joke was referenced in I think it was issue 50 of Legends of the Dark Knight so it's not it's not exactly sacred ground where you know nobody else has has worked from it but um I going through the whole third issue and and seeing what Batman and Batgirl are dealing with and facing off the Jokers um I kind of feel that getting to those last few pages made it worthwhile and also, before we even got to those final pages, um, there is a moment where um, Barbara and um, Commissioner Gordon have a conversation and um, to vince's point when he when we were reading the first issue, and even though the captions didn't line up because the conversations had changed based on the the scene changes. Um, I was under the impression, just based on this story, because I don't read a lot of Batgirl books, that Jim Gordon didn't know that Barbara was Batgirl. But obviously, that's not the case, because they do have a conversation. Commissioner Gordon is talking to Batgirl, telling her, I really, really, really don't think you should be involved with someone like the Red Hood. And she's like, what I do with him isn't your business, Dad. So they do know, or he does know, and 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 that's fine. It doesn't change the outcome of the first issue. It doesn't necessarily make a um, yes. He's still worried about her, and, that, and that's fine. But that that was I was I don't know if I want to say I was happy to see that. It, it, that, that was just that was a reveal that I, I wasn't necessarily was expecting, but it, it, it was neat to see long story short it's it's it it looks great but I don't know um it's not necessarily the evergreen I thought it might have been uh when it was announced when I was hitting puberty I don't know when it's it's I want to say it's fine for what it is but I really 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 don't know what it is it's
2: I think your judgment's clouded by the fact that it focuses on Jason Todd.
3: I'm not going to deny that you I, hate I, him. I, I, I said that. I said that when 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 you were relieving yourself. That yeah, you, know, you if, hate if, if Jason was, Todd. If 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 they had told me when this was announced that hey, it's a Jason Todd story, I would not have. Mm-hmm. I, I, would I have checked it out? Probably not. But I don't. It, yeah. It's 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 you know it's like that's not a selling point for me that's i i'm i'm fine with you no know, listen okay the red hood exists and 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 he you know he's terrorizing gotham whatever okay cool i don't really need, necessarily need to know what he's up to I, I know he's back okay that's cool that's great but if you're giving me a story about, and listen i don't for jason to have to deal with and face the joker who did what he did to him and again, Barbara also had to deal with the Joker. She's also had to face a, a person who hurt her immensely. Um, okay, the, these are two characters that 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 have to deal with this person who who is who is a piece of shit. And and but you're calling it the three Jokers. It's 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 spinning out of a justice league story from how many years ago it, it, it's it's spilling out from rebirth or doomsday clock or the button or whatever like anything that jeff johns has been touching lately seems to have been leading to this and 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 it just it's not it didn't live up to uh, that, that's Something me mean, it didn't live up to what i was expecting well, well there
2: are three jokers though there's the joker as defined by batman there's the joker as defined by jason and there's one as defined by barbara that's three jokers. Uh huh. So conceptually, does that that not lead into the title?
0: Well, there actually are three jokers.
2: Yeah. Right, but again, conceptually, there are three. The the Joker is 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 three different aspects of three different people. The 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 the, the people that the Joker has impacted the most in the DC universe: Bruce Wayne, Jason Todd, Barbara Gordon, and a story. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, so there you like, go. What's that got to do with this, though? Wait, like, but that that's that's a given.
2: But that's the whole premise of the three Jokers. There are three no, no, individual no, 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 Jokers. No, no, no,
0: no, I disagree. The premise here, though, mm-hmm. is that Johns tries to do what Johns always does and be super clever and say, yeah, y'all. I know you all understand there's three different kinds of Joker stories, but, like, check it out. There's actually three different dudes who are the Joker. And, like, I mean, I'll just be honest. Like, I thought it was pure nonsense, this series. Like, I... I probably, like, one of the least favorite Batman series I've ever read. Like, I... I it, it, like, I understand we're supposed to suspend disbelief, but the idea that the Batman, particularly the one, that just came out of the button, and that we've seen Jeff Johns right before, would never in the what would be at least a decade, if not two decades, by this point of story of stories in this timeline, wouldn't have realized that there are three dudes running around individually committing crimes under the auspice of the Joker, and then they suddenly decide to create a new Joker, and like they basically just go random. Like, oh, let's try this Doctor. No, it's not going to work out. Oh, let's try this lawyer Oh, that's not going to work out. Oh, let's try Jason Todd. Oh, that's not going to work out. Okay, let's let's fucking break out Joe Cool, who's like 80 <laughs> and dying of cancer. Joe Chill. Uh, 80 and dying of cancer, and we're going to yeah. make him the new Joker, because that's yeah. going to really fuck Batman up. And it's like, it, it was... Wait, when did this
2: happen? Issue 3?
0: Yeah, Issue 3. Oh, I okay. Really I didn't saw, read it. Honestly, that this was John's, like... He's done some amazing work, and particularly when it comes to the soft retcon, where he takes – he's such a fan of canon that he doesn't ever want to fuck with it. So he's done this – built his career around this idea of, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respect everything that happened back in the day, but I'm going to give you little kernels of stuff that happened – that could have happened, you just didn't know, and it's going to make it that much richer of a tapestry. And when he does it well, it does it really well. I think that's what he was trying to do in this case, but it just belied everything any speck of logic on any level and then the real issue i had was the way that batman bruce and uh, bruce and barbara and jason interacted with each other felt like the cw licensed batman to make a show like Ooh, it was like that's they bad. were so so formulaic in the way they interacted i mean that scene where jason and barbara are like making out for a second it was like what? oh my god
3: and it's the like second issue, in the second it's
0: like, hey, that was in the second issue. It's like, oh my god, dude! Like, really? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, like it's like, if you're gonna give me a story about Jason Todd being fucked up about the fact that he was almost killed and that he's not his daddy's favorite Robin, like, I don't know, man. Like, give me more than this. Give me like, give me more than 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 than, than like the eight hundredth flashback to bruce's parents getting shot in the alley and how that's fucking driven him to everything he's ever done like i don't know dude like and and i'm just sitting here the whole time reading and thinking like all right so bet so like all these batman stories we've read all these years like what were the other two jokers doing when we were reading the story of that third joker that was in the middle of shit like 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 they never decided like oh yo uh that that moment when batman's right about to capture you like maybe you show up and fuck batman up no, no, no. We can't do that because we wouldn't let him know that there's more than one of us. Like yeah. that's important to keep a secret. Like it just the whole theme, the whole thing I thought was nonsensical. Mm. And I'll even be honest with you, like, and again, I'm not trying to, but like, I thought Jason's art was okay, but like, man, oh man, did it look like him trying to be Jim, Jim Lee? And it's like ah, uh, and Gary I mean, Frank, and Gary Frank, and it's like, like, well, not no, dude, like, just be you though, like, but like, yeah. be you, like, I want to, like, I want to, when I read a Jason football book, I want to know what that means. I'm gonna if I am if I if you just handed me this book, I I wouldn't know who drew it. Like I wouldn't be like, Oh, that's a Jason Fabak book. Like like I don't know what Jason Bach, well, I don't know what a Jason Fabak book means. Alright, hot like, take. Do we know what a Jason Philbach book is? No, that's but, what I'm getting. Like he's that, like, so derivative so like, that... No, that's what I'm saying. So it's yeah. like, so I'm like, man, like I don't know. Like and to Dap's point, like this book was supposed to be like the at least I thought originally, it was supposed to be like the culmination of John's like journey over the last five, six years. In, in in the DC universe, and I don't like I'm left wondering like what what exactly what was he hoping we were coming going to come away with this like hmm. the 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 big reveal and as much as it is is that Batman's always known the Joker's real name since like a week after he he yeah. first discovered the Joker existed. Well, that's and a I'm, big
2: part of the Snyder run too. That Batman no knows. I know, but
0: like we don't know we don't learn the name. Like right, Batman's right. like oh, yeah. I've always known the name, and Barbara's yeah. like, <gasps> <gasps> and it's like. Well, he, <laughs> It's like, but then it's like, okay. So on one hand, I'm like, well, who really cares? Like, doesn't matter. Which is the point. Like, as as Batman, it's like, it doesn't matter what his name is. But two, like, you you know, dude's name for like ten years, but you still don't realize there's three of them running around. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, you have a satellite you built that literally tracks every being in the universe, and you you have like Jagger Hoover files in everybody. Like, you have contingency plans for how to defeat every other hero in the Justice League, including carrying around a kryptonite ring in your fucking bat belt, just in case you need to take Superman down. And you never realize that your arch enemy is actually three different people? Now you're ruining it it for me. You're killing it. Like, like, to me, this was the wackest Jeff Johns story I've ever read.
2: Mm. (sighs) See, um, the thing about the Joker is he took Barbara's panties off. And he, took, like. and he took pictures of her. Like, <laughs> that's despicable. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, that's true. If, if you're going to pair... Uh, this is ridiculous. If you're going to pair... <laughs> like, you don't have Jason suck face with Barbara. Because the real man for Barbara is... Dick. Dick. Of yes.
1: Yeah. So, it's a want?
2: fundamental misunderstanding of the character.
3: Well, and but see, and now, I should really enjoy the last laugh on Jason because he leaves a note, and is so stupid? He leaves a note for Barbara, tapes it to her front door.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> and he's like, "What?" He's like, "Listen, um, again, is I this is number three again." Yeah, this is number three. Oh my god, it's it's after it's after everybody's been caught. It's after, and and this was, you know, it's it's also the the end, the really finally true end, hopefully maybe sure, of Joe Chill. Because...
2: Oh my god, they're still dragging that out.
3: Yeah, well we see a flatline, because he's got cancer. So he's actually, he leaves a note for Bruce Wayne, and... I thought um, he died long time ago. But, but yeah, yeah, news, of course he good
0: did. Good news, the, the vat of chemicals that will turn you into the Joker will cure your cancer.
3: What? <laughs>
0: oh yeah, no, that... Well, that good.
3: makes kind of sense, though. <laughs> So, so, so Jason leaves this note, and he's like, I, "I know I've come across cold and distant, but I know you know why. I've always admired you, Barbara. Your strength, your determination, your heart. Um, you think what happened between us was a mistake, that it was a moment. Uh, but I think we could be great together. I really do, because you know oh, when, stop. When, when when your brother's been somewhere, you really want to go there too. I'll give up being Red Hood for us. Uh. I can be something else, or I can just I can." be just jason all i need is one chance to prove to you i can be better and i will devote my life to making you proud happy loved if you don't think i'm worth one chance if it was all just you caught up in everything then throw this letter away i'll never mention it i'll even understand whatever happens i love you yours jason as the tape oh my god this sounds like a hallmark christmas movie the note falls to the floor and gets swept up by happy time cleaners and Barbara will never read it.
1: Oh God, this is
3: torturous. So the best, the best thing, the best thing about this issue. And, and, and these are the, the whole thing with Joe chill and the final, that's so ham fisted, man. But, but, but the final few pages could have been told, in one of the DC holiday anthologies or or a few pages in an annual, in a backup. But basically, we get flashbacks to the killing joke and what happens after the killing joke. And if you want me to, I will spoil it for you.
2: Nah, I don't really care. You know why this wasn't successful? I'll be honest. And you're going to hate me.
4: Not enough jokers.
2: No, Snyder didn't write it. Snyder didn't write it.
4: Oh my god!
3: Okay. I mean, I know, I know you're on his tip right now, and that's cool. Oh, I'm so on his tip, but, but, but I don't necessarily think that. Dude, come on! I don't know if this was Snyder's story to. I mean, obviously it wasn't John's story to tell, but I don't know if is, Snyder had a great run. Still won't let the character go, but he's got a great run on Batman, no doubt. Still doing it. That's what I'm saying. Deathman still man, doing. Man-man does not know how to let shit go, and that's fine. Doesn't have to if he keeps telling great stories. That's debatable, and right? he is. You, that's you not have, debatable. No, that is that is, that is proof. Really subjective. No, it's it's not. <laughs> so so, just because he verified, had, it's like it's it's like Doug Munch coming out of retirement to to write a book. It's like you know there there are only certain certain people, I think. And yeah when when if if he ever does leave the character alone, if you look back ten years later and say, you know when I list the top three or five greatest Batman writers, yeah you know, I'm not talking about the amount of Batman stories he's written, but you know actually stories that 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 stand the test of time and mm. and and define what Batman is to me. I'm sure for a lot of people, Snyder's definitely going to be in the top three
2: yeah, quantity has nothing to do with it.
3: Exactly, exactly. Right. And, and, I, I'm and, thinking we're going to have a problem
2: come 11 o'clockers. I don't see
3: how we'd have a problem. Oh, I, I
2: think mean, we're
0: going to have a problem. <laughs> why would we have a problem? You don't know how many places to put Snyder in? I mean, keep in mind that most... I mean, Snyder's Batman run ended years ago, so I don't know right. how to put it in the 11 o'clockers. Well, th-
2: no, but there's, well, there's, well, there's th- Snyder th- still, still hasn't... Death metal. I mean, yes.
0: Yes. Oh, you could throw you could throw your death metal little love yeah. in, the, in the battle and that one's going to be mad at you for that. Okay.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the problem's going to be. It's a con- de- death metal is a continuation of Snyder's Batman run. Okay, Ooh. that's good.
3: Which you know, again, the, the three Jokers was supposed to be a continuation of something. I mean, it's yeah. Great. It, I, it's, I'm scared it's, it's, because from
2: what I'm hearing from you guys, I'm not going to prob- I'm not going to like the third issue.
3: No, well, Me, no, I know you're not. I mean, yeah, seriously. I you didn't you didn't read the second one. Now Tony wanted to interject. Not all of
0: you like He might take issue with some of our all alternation. Right.
4: Oh, I forget what we were even talking about. I don't care about this book. <laughs> I, had, I finished half this bottle of wine. All right. Half. So we're, good. we're loose.
2: M- my dude. We're loosey-goosey. You need to catch up. I do
4: have a—I an in-year travel. Jason, do you have an travel? Did you go already? We all have
2: an travel. We're not even close to that
3: yet. We all have
2: stories. We do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want what this episode have, what, to end. What, what kind of wine is this, Tony?
4: Oh, you know what? I thought I had menage a trois.
3: But it's Manischewitz. <laughs> what?
4: <laughs> it's called Lou <laughs> He's such a dick. Lou Dobbs? You are Lou such a dick. Lou Dobbs is just crazy as a shit shithouse rat. <laughs> Little Very copper.
3: There's <laughs> a fucking shiny yeah. copper here. Fucking Lou Dobbs.
4: L It's got a dragon on it, like a Chinese dragon. Ooh. Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice. Robles. Oh. West Coast represent.
2: That's his shit. He's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> He's
4: talking about He's like that's my shit. I don't. Know. Oh, he knows God. that's my shit.
3: I know. He knows <laughs>
1: exactly
3: what? Shit I am is. so I am so upset that we're not near a strip mall right now because because Vince will probably be yakking.
2: No, I don't throw up after wine. Are you kidding me? No, it's that shit that Hassan brought. That fucking <laughs> Japanese whiskey that <laughs> fucked me up.
3: That, that was fine. It, it, it was the, the
2: combination of the Japanese whiskey. And uh-huh. the cheese on that shitty pizza that.
3: <laughs> oh, you, oh, you had pizza?
2: My. Oh, here we go.
3: Dude, you brought it up. My bad. <laughs> yeah,
2: my bad, my bad. <laughs> my esophagus got clogged with that shit, and it was just nasty. I can't even. I'm
4: about to have uh, pizza tonight. I just turned on the oven, and I think I'm going to go to sleep before 10 o'clock. So well done, fellas. You. You, guys really, you
0: got me. Why don't we bring this train home? What? No.
2: No, we still got lots you got more. more? I got more. We all got more. I do. All right. Whatever. Hey, everybody. Right. If you want to get your comics, get them fast, get them delivered right to your very door, I implore you to check out Discount Comic Book Service, DCB where you get your books far less than everybody else is paying. For example, from Ahoy, we got the wrong earth, night and day, number one. That's 45% off the $3.99 cover price. From the University Press of Mississippi, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I, the mysterious traveler, Steve Ditko and the search for a new liberal identity, Zach Crusay, mm, my man, $30. I
4: ordered this when Zach Crusay was on your show, so I won't be getting this DCBS savings, but uh, I'm very excited for it. Yes.
2: Well, kudos to you, but you get a free signed book plate from Discount yeah. Comic Book Service. Yes, and other people will. Yes, yeah, other I mean, people will. And uh, the cover price is 30 bucks. Your price is 21 That's 30% off. That's a really significant savings for a university book, university press book. These things aren't, there's not a giant print run on these things, but it's our boo, Zach. You got to read it. Nobody understands Zach like, or, sorry, Steve Ditko like Zach. And last, but certainly not least, Rain Like Hammers, number one of five. Brandon Graham, Image Comics, $4.99 cover price. Your price, $2.49. All right. I'm going to lose Jason, but you know what? It's it's all part of the deal. Um, I implore you to read... From my man, Simon Hanselman, One More Year. This is Megan Mogg. I think it's volume two. Uh, there's a, a YouTube video in which um, Simon Hanselman is interviewed where he lines out uh, the uh, the correct reading order for the fanographics Megan Mog stuff. I don't know where this falls, but... Um, I implore you to read it because I'm going to read one page to you. And this is exactly why I love Hanselman and Megan Mogg. Damn it.
4: I didn't put my glasses on.
2: Hang on.
4: They're right there.
2: I know. Hang on.
4: This dude really just ran to get his glasses. All
2: right. Glasses on.
4: 55.
2: It sucks. Don't get old, people. (laughs) Alright, Meg and Booger are in a health club, and they're, they're working out and shit, and they're, they're going at it, and um, Booger says, what? And Meg says, I forgot my fucking smokes. And she's like, you got any? And Booger's like, no. She's like, shit. Let's go outside. And there's a, a, a box of sand that people discard their butts into. And Meg is, is poking through it. She's like, oh, shit, here we go. Here's a good one. And they, they light up a discarded butt. And uh, Booker says, nice, classy. And Meg says, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck everybody and everything. That's why I love Simon Hanselman and Megan Mogg. Because it's a fuck you to everything anybody holds dear. Religion, jobs, status quo, politics—everything that people ascribe to—this book gives a big old stiff middle finger. Middle finger to the 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 gist of it is Megan Mogg and everybody in the in the house, Owl and Werewolf uh, Jones—they just like getting fucked up. That's the crux of these stories. These characters will do anything to get turned Ketamine, morphine, pot, alcohol, whatever. Um, they just like getting fucked up. Because the world is so oppressive that they need a release valve. It's entire That's the entirety of Bang and Mug. You
1: know what's
4: crazy is like... Uh six months ago i would be like oh, that's kind of gross and now you tell me a story about somebody pulling a cigarette butt out of a fucking ashtray and smoking it i like i'm shrieking inside my head i'm just like that's the a nightmare holy shit
2: they don't the care though. Really,
4: uh, but
2: but the, mean, wor- the world of covid is, is that in 2020 uh yeah the world well Man. hanselman is doing a, a a covid strip currently on instagram so that is not this But yeah, there's a disregard for basic hygiene in this book. Um, uh, For example, Owl is kind of pissed off because he's paying 80% of the rent money. And he's like, y'all need to get fucking jobs. And Meg and, and, and... Uh, werewolf Jones and, and the, the group and, and they're just like, nah, we're not going to get jobs. He's like, no, you really need to get fucking jobs. So he gets them a job at this outdoors company that is, it it prides itself on being not sexually explicit, but a bit risque. Like they have flip-flops with, with ladies in bikinis on the flip-flops. And so where, uh, and, and it's compounded by the fact that owl's father is friends with the owner of the business. So, um, werewolf junior's butt plug shifts <laughs> and he, he's, he's in, he, he's in the kitchen of this business saying, Yo, his pants are all down. And he's like, Yo, can you help me get this butt plug? It's shifted. And the owner's like, The fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, and I, he, you know there's <laughs> there's a a scene at a at a water park where um again the the goal is to get turned so werewolf Jones is given a bunch of pills by Dracula jr, and uh he doesn't know what they are, so he just takes them he doesn't give a shit um and one of the pills in the group was generic Viagra, so he was already wearing a thong where his balls were hanging out so he he took generic viagra and he has a massive hard on and it's like poking the thong out he's walking around with a massive hard on and he's like this isn't a legit hard on it's fake because i took generic viagra so disregard it but still he's walking around with a rampaging hard on and long story short they assumed that the, the proprietor of this water park was a pedophile. And it turns out he had um, a two-way mirror installed in the, the section where the people would come off the water slide and go into the water. And he would masturbate while watching the the patrons go into the water. And so Werewolf Jones shatters the glass with his heart like, you have to read it. Okay, I'm, my verbalizing of the events of this book is not going to do it. You you just have to read it. Butt plugs, hard-ons, massive drug use, um, consensual sex between breeds of people and animals. Like, Hanselman is my dude. The Do I need to say that? I think it's a given, right? I have something to say. Please say it.
4: I have remembered what I wanted to interject earlier. And it's just that I have been sitting here all night thinking about how Vince read three issues of my comic where dogs are the trophies of a serial killer taken from murders. And the rules are regular animated movie rules where dogs can talk to each other, but they don't understand people and people can't talk to dogs. And he thought maybe what was going to happen in the next issue was the – killer was going to pull a lady's panties off and then she was going to be half dog and have a dog's
2: dick a giant red rocket that's
4: why I come back to this show (laughs) that's the sort of perspective I want
2: (laughs) I wasn't originally going to do that but now that's what I'm going to do I'm just going to put a a, Uh, a, dog's dick on a lady I see a red rocket right if I see a hairy red rocket in that fifth issue I'm I'm just going to buy the whole issue well, I hope you would buy the whole issue. No, either. I mean the cover, everything. Oh, you talking about the artwork? Yeah, no, it's all digital. Well, you're ah.
4: safe. But
2: um, well, wait, you but said the I covers are be- aren't all digital.
4: Yes, That's the true. covers for the fifth issue will
2: be available. Well, if there's, there's a variant of the cover something. with the red rocket, I'm buying it.
4: <laughs> there you go. You I was going to mail you a drawing of a of a dick and
3: then okay <laughs> well that'll be that'll be vince's thing now for every holiday
4: you can I'm just, just, off just do, yeah. uh, well
2: you remember you drew me in a, a naked sue storm
4: right sure some boobs oh listen i don't ever
2: forget that i have that <laughs> sure. in a place of honor in my reading room but anyway the nasty filthy dirty things that i would do to simon hanselman i can't even begin <laughs> oh, to tell okay um I,
4: I look this guy up i like what he's doing i will definitely give him a look no i most.
2: i think he's one of the the loudest most um vibrant voices in comics right now and um yeah i know he's one of the 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 uh i don't even know like the like the um the hipsters love him which is is a, a yeah bone of contention with me, but I think that it's one of those rare in, instances where the the art and the commerce have dovetailed. the The idiots that don't know what they're looking for love them, but the seasoned comic professionals and and fans like ourselves, th- we love them too. So it's it, this doesn't happen very often, but Simon Hanselman is one of those guys. Jay, I know Jason doesn't dig him, whatever. Um, well
0: I mean I, I read Mega Hex on your recommendation. I know, and you For didn't me. like
2: it. It just didn't click with you. Yeah. But um he is the the comic equivalent to um Gonzo journalism. That's it. He 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 makes it real, he doesn't play uh there's no bones about it, it's it's all there on the page. He's not fucking around. Read mm-hmm. read one more year by Simon Hanselman.
3: Okay. it's alright you good? I'm good all right. <laughs> sorry that's alright I got something for you that you might um, you might enjoy um, I mean as I mentioned it you might want to tell me to hold off and maybe we'll discuss it next week but um, in your travels read a one shot that's not really a one shot because it kind of leads into something else that I'm not reading but uh, this one particular issue was a lot of fun for me as a fan of the character i am talking about dark knight's death metal infinite hour extreme holy shit
0: I, dude I mean, you know no it's not and off it the
3: rail
2: stop don't be so flippant number one what it was it number one it was a great issue two you're doing yourself a disservice by not reading death metal Whatever.
0: No, I'm saying we're going off the rails because DAP is bringing up this book, not yeah, you. Yeah. A-
2: no, but the re- he read it because you don't. There's no baggage with it. It's awesome, and I know. Go ahead, shut up. I'm I'm going to shut up. Say the title
4: again. It's seven words: Dark Night, Death Dark Metal, Dark Night,
3: Death Metal, Infinite Hour, Extreme. With
0: how many three colons do we get?
4: X's. Any colons?
3: Just just the just the one colon. Uh, just the one semicolon after Dark Nights, because Death Metal Infinite Hour Extreme is all one title.
0: Okay.
4: This has been a real challenge for graphic designers at DC, uh, keeping <laughs> oh, up sex. with all this nonsense. Yeah, they got a lot to work with. They have I a lot people
0: trying to file do these in
4: their long boxes. Seriously, <laughs> uh, people, I see people bitching about it, but they don't understand what's going on. Somebody comes up with seven letters, seven words in a title, and then they just say like, "Go ahead, you know, Death Metal." You got already got the logo. Uh, Dark Knight. We have a logo that we use. So, I mean, good luck. God bless. Mm. I think they've been doing a, a heroic job, the graphic designers.
3: the The <laughs> first story, because it's kind of an anthology, yes, um, wasn't necessarily the one to knock my socks off. It looks great because it's art by Tyler Kirkham. I, I, I like his version of Lobo. This is this issue is about Lobo, which is why. I'm here. Written by Frank Terry, who I also enjoy. I've, I've 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 been a fan of Frank's for a while. Um I'm digging his take on these pages of Lobo, but basically because it's Dark Knights, because it's Death Metal, there's a Lobo version of Batman now. It's the Batman Who Frags. And he um he of course faces off against the main man. They go at each other. Um well, go ahead. I, I
2: think you're leaving something out. It's it's a Batman that has injected himself with Zarnian DNA. Yes. But the thing that you're leaving out is Lobo says, "Fraseta Batman."
3: Yes. Like, yes. come on, that's too good that's to what let I go. That's saying. There's there's I, 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 Thierry makes me laugh. I've 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 always enjoyed what he does. I mean, even when you know you got the whole bar scene where he's killing people with their yeah. arms, other people's arms, giving arms back. It is. Yeah. So, so, so for Batman shows up, um, and, and for me to not mention that should let you know, Vince, the things that did excite me as we get further along into the issue. Okay. Um, because yeah, Frazetta Batman did make me chuckle, but actually I took a screen cap of, um, of the page that absolutely made me lose my shit. But um What's that? Yeah. Tell me I'll so, get it. Okay. Um so you you um while Lobo and Fragman fight, uh we, we get the <laughs> recap of, you know, yes, the, the, the Zarnian DNA. Um of course he also like gives fucking Alfred a, a nuggie, and but Lobo still someone you really can't fuck with, he gets close enough to get to get a headbutt and um and he's like, you know, they're they're throwing jabs at each other, but Lobo just got close enough to stick him with his with with Batman's chain. And whereas Lobo has the hook at the end of his chain, this is a batarang. So again, mm-hmm. you know, aesthetically it's it's spiffy. It it, it all fits real nice. But then Lobo gets sucked into a, um, kind of a red wormhole, gets taken out of the fight, uh, and gets met face-to-face, uh, or face with most of his face, Lex Luthor, and, um, so Luthor's got a job for him to do, this is where I kind of check out, because I have no idea what the fuck else is going on in in Death Metal, so I'm like, all right, that's cool, this is Luthor now, um, he tells, uh, Lobo to go look for a long box, and he, uh, (laughs) He come on, <laughs> seriously. So he uh stop. He he ends up at Blackhawk Island. Yep. Now this story is written by Becky Cloonan, really nicely drawn by Rags Morales.
1: Yes. And
3: um and and again, even even Cloonan's got a pretty pretty good <laughs> handle on Lobo, digging the digging the jabs and the barbs. Black Monday, who of course is Solomon Grundy, he mm-hmm. shows up. Um, they fight it out. Uh he, Lobo's over here talking about how, you know, pulling guns out of God knows where, <laughs> blowing away Monday. Uh, <laughs> uh Monday's in full Hulk mode and bizarro mode about how, you know, he's a good friend, me am a good friend, and um Lobo ends up dropping a building on the guy, walks through the Hall of Antiquities and ends up um face to face with Hulk Dude. Stop, right? Stop! Just stop! So, <laughs> it's too much of a good thing. So, so it's Hawkman, drawn by Rags Morales. Jason, yep. is just like it's 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 amazing. I, I, I'm surprised it's not Vince's birthday. So they have a um, they have a conversation, uh, but the Batman who frags shows up, and Lobo and Hawkman escape the island, and uh, by absolute. Favorite part at that point is after 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 Lobo opens up the um, the box from Tiffany's, he gets a uh, we 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 cut to the origin stories of the Trinity and the Superman origin story cracked my shit up. Yeah, it's a riot. It's it's, it's it's so the rocket the rocket crashes and there's the red pickup truck and and you see look a rocket the passenger says probably dangerous i know let's drive right up to it so man comes out of the truck he's like watch me touch this stupid rocket like a frightened <laughs> clown the woman's like i love to be a dumb idiot and they open up the fucking door they say surprise and there's lobo baby lobo yep flip them off so stupid get... Wearing a big ass diaper with the with the skull cod piece in the front is exactly which one of your bastards is going to change my diaper. That shit, that that whole page, just I mean, her that that one panel, I want to make it my um, my phone wallpaper. But yes. then there's the one about um, Batman, and it's like the legend of Batman, the legend of the Batman, who he is and how he came to be. Yep. And so the Waynes are leaving the theater, and. Martha says, I do forsooth, my beloved, Zorro sucks. And and, and <laughs> Thomas says, Prithy, my dear sweetheart. And all that other rich wickety barf. And Bruce just screams out, fart. Then, then Lobo, or Joe children's Lobo, shows up. And he says, surprise, Clydes, it's a crime. In Crime Alley, who'd have thunk it? Whomst you callin' Thomas, whomst you, whomst callin' whomst, uh Clyde and then Lobo Chill shoots the Waynes bite my frag you crusty jock strap yeah. then we cut to Wonder Woman's origin story uh which which is amusing and and she's like Lobo is such a frag and stud I'm going to do sexy snuggle bunnies with him all night so I don't know if this is supposed to be hippolyta but she's like look in the ocean, dolphins. And there's a young Diana. She says, dolphins are the only thing worth saving in this miserable universe. Wonder, Oh, no, it's not. It's not, Diana, because here comes a Wonder Woman flying in. Hang on, you precious dolphins. I'll save you from these insufferable lamers. And then there's a guy saying, help, I'm too wimpy to live. And then Wonder Woman says, you're not a dolphin. And then Cyborg Lobo, Green Lantern Lobo, and... I don't know if that's supposed to be Martian Manhunter Lobo, but they're all, Oh yeah. 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 So it says I'm the Martian main Manhunter. And I mean, Superman one just, just fucking made me lose it. But this, this particular story, um, was illustrated by, um, the phenomenal, uh, Dennis Cowan and fantastic. Dilson Kevich written by Sam Humphreys. Right. Uh, the, The epilogue is, I mean, Brainiac shows up in a house coat, um, it's it's just lobo whips out the most extreme gun he can it, it was kind of worth it just for the goddamn superman origin but it it, it the, the last page of course you know it it's leads into death metal number 5 which which came out this week mm-hmm. um but when the batman who frags shows up at uh the hall of justice on this particular world he um he's screaming that he's still alive you can't keep a good lobo down i'm going to get my revenge i'm going to frag you until and then he gets knocked out on his ass, and the entire Justice League of Lobos stomp a mud hole in him and walk it dry. and and that's that's the end of the issue. But yeah, that it, this was it was again. It, if it wasn't Lobo, no, I wouldn't have checked it out. But it everybody everybody involved in the book, I'm right now, Vince, at least because again, you you tell us you're gonna want us to read it when all is said and done. But as far as right now, because I'm lost with any of it uh for this particular one shot um and again because it's lobo uh, everybody involved in this issue uh did a great job on the character from the writing to to the art it was it was a lot of fun it was it was a great distraction great diversion it was um it it was kind of what i was expecting and 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 i'm, I'm so glad for it but goddamn that that superman origin fucking made me lose my shit yes
2: um you were lucky that you there was no baggage uh death metal baggage with this issue you could have just jumped in enjoyed it and jumped out Which yeah. was, i'm glad because if it greases the wheels to have you read death metal down the line you're you're going to be a better person for it
3: i have a feeling when it's vince's month to do the book of the month, all 11 are going to be the collected death metal.
2: Uh, I mean, I can only imagine the collected editions that are going to come out of death metal. They're all going to be phenomenal. Because the tie-ins have been as awesome as the main series.
0: Just saying.
3: I believe you. What you got, Jason?
0: Um, yeah, well, we're going to veer away from that whole line of... Uh... <laughs> A story. Oh, my inner travels. Um, <laughs> probably surprised to no one. Um, well, I was very excited because a few months back I placed a pretty big order uh, with our good friends at Magnetic, and uh, nice. I guess I didn't realize that I like. I thought I was placing all backstock, but I guess one of the books I had ordered was um, a you know a pre-release, so they saved the whole shipment until the the one book was uh, was ready to print. So, uh, it was like a nice surprise because I like I'd forgotten about it and then like it showed up and lo and behold, I had a stack O magnetic. Um, but uh, in your travels, I just want to talk about two books by the same creator, uh, that were in the stack. Uh, and that creator who is a uh, this theme of tonight is, uh, is, is, is stuff Vince likes, uh, is Tony Sandoval, and I know you're a fan of his. Um, the first book is pretty much just even though it is certainly in a comic by a comic publisher, it's, it's It's designed and reads like a children's uh, storybook Uh, and it's written and drawn by Tony and it's called the windy day Uh, fairly straightforward. It's actually from their, uh, from their young readers imprint uh, cub house. And it's uh, essentially a story of a young girl who is out flying a kite and uh, her imagination runs wild with the kite and uh, everything that happens and entails and uh, with the kite getting stuck in trees and in the forest and, um, and uh, it's essentially just her journey with um, being a, a kid and, and trying to uh, come to terms with the scary things that, that freak us out when we're a kid that probably aren't as scary once you get a little older and have some perspective. Um, it's a picture book. you know. There's like one spot illo on a page with, with a narrative uh, word. So um, definitely as much storybook as comic book if you are one of those kind of people that like to make a distinction between the two. Um, but but totally cool. I actually wish my kids were a little younger than they are now because it would have been perfect for them at a younger age. Um, And then the the Knock Me On My Ass book, which is definitely a more traditional uh, graphic novel, um, was drawn by Tony but written by Pierre Paquette. And I sat down to read this book. And who the hell does the forward other than our boo Scotty? So Scotty did the forward for this, yeah. So this book was released in 2015, And uh, Scotty writes the forward at the time. Um, And this just completely escaped my purview back then. Shame on me for that. But uh, once again, written by Pierre Paquette, drawn by Tony, and it's called A Glance Backward. And it's... um, My youngest is 11, so this hits home because this is an 11-year-old kid named Joey. And he's a normal kid. He's coming home from school, has a few shekels in his pocket, a little bit Willy Wonka-esque, but he doesn't go to the candy store. He instead goes to the uh, magic and novelty shop where he buys fireworks and is very excited to have fireworks. But of course he has to hide them from his mom because they could be dangerous. He'll shoot your eye out type of thing. Um, comes home and runs into his room to try and hide the contraband. And something strange happens where he's pulled into the wall of his own home into a surreal landscape. Uh, and this is where Tony Sandoval really just goes, goes batshit crazy with, with, with his artistry. He, um, Joey just goes on a meandering journey very much in the vein of, um, uh, Allison through the looking glass, um, where you just, every room he, he breaks through, he breaks through a wall and goes into another room. Um, it's just a totally different landscape with a different set of physics and realities and different, different vibe. And, uh, some are scary. Some are just like defy the laws of, of physics. Some are um, evocative of like a children's fairy tale, but he's just going on this journey and he's trying to get home and he's freaking out because it seems like he's getting further, further away from home. Um, and eventually it resolves. And we come to realize uh, as the book concludes that this is uh, an allegory about this kid dealing with uh, an incredibly difficult uh, uh, and heartbreaking personal trauma that he's endured and uh which after i read that i'm like oh that's why I, that's why this hit scotty hope because it's right in the sort of the uber that that scotty likes to 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 not only write about but i know he's a big fan of like you know i mean i know you guys know this but for our listeners he scotty loves i kill giants the comic mm-hmm. uh and, and it's like one of his favorites of all time and uh if you've read that you might get a hint as the kind of thing that young joey is dealing with um so yeah man it got me super verklempt. you know as i said i have an 11 year old kid and uh and and so it just it hit me right in the feels and it's just ma- it's magically drawn by by tony uh as he goes through this this just completely surreal landscape of different worlds and and uh uh and experiences so huge huge recommendation i mean i i definitely recommend uh the the windy day but but mainly for people who um have younger kids and, and want to have that kind of a all ages little short story to put them in the bed to. But for all of you, I recommend a glance backward. Um it's it's fantastic and uh worth every bit of the praise that Scotty heaps upon it in the forward. So uh once again it's uh by Pierre Paquette and Tony Sandoval by Magnetic.
4: Nice. Good picks. Uh it, I got glasses. one. Uh, it's, it's a follow-up on In Your Travels, uh, from Vince, actually, and it's, uh, Star Wars Darth Vader by Greg Pak and Raphael Oh, nice. I have the
3: past few issues I have to catch up on. That's great. Uh,
4: all right. Well, I won't spoil it all the way for you, uh, but it's just super good. Uh, like, I wasn't looking at this book at all. I was just, like, I had read, uh all of the Gillen Darth Vader. And I read some of the soul Darth Vader. And then I was just like, all right, well, they're doing Darth Vader. I'll just let it uh, chill. Uh, and then Vince described on this show, the, the premise of the first issue of Darth Vader, which is basically Darth Vader, uh, in empire strikes back, reaches out to Luke and says, join me and rule the, the galaxy, as father and son. And rather than do that, Luke uh, jumps into a bottomless pit and then darth vader's just like what happened to this boy to make him such a pussy and so then he just goes on a, a journey traveling around trying to figure out what happened to his son that could have made him uh so different And it, and like just that premise i think is so great because it's so fathers and sons right like we all have dads who are, or I don't know if we all do. I definitely have a dad who thinks that I'm fucked up for thinking the things that I think. And I think he's fucked up for thinking the things that we, that he thinks. And we came from almost exactly the same place, you know? So like what happens? And so he's trying to get to the bottom of it by, by traveling around and going to the places where he was raised, thinking that maybe that has something to do with it. So he goes to Tatooine. Uh, but in the first arc What's awesome is he goes to Naboo uh and it, the the cliffhanger at the end of the first issue spoilers but it's like 6 months ago so you guys had your chance it's on Marvel <laughs> Unlimited uh, at the end of the first issue Padme shows up and she's just, and and shocks him you know like she's there on Naboo but of course like it got me it got like I feel like when you recommended it Vince it got you but obviously she had handmaidens and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when we come back for issue two, it's not Padme. It's Sabe, which I think is like the Rose Byrne one from episode two. And she's one of these Amidalans who are this unit of freedom fighters on Naboo who are still protecting like the memory of Padme Amidala and like fighting for the things she believed in. Uh, and people that are in this group are like the handmaidens rick O'Le lee from episode one who was that dude that was like that little droid did it uh it just like it like it sounds like i guess when i'm describing it it sounds a little bit corny but it was so cool to me this book for context sort of reminds me of the mandalorian in that it's taking things from previous uh star wars episodes recontextualizing them and using them in an interesting way to sort of fill in blanks. Mandalorian's doing it with like a whole new character and so they have a little more room to breathe. But this is cool. Like I thought the idea of the Amidolans was super cool. And what's going on right now is uh, in issues uh, six and seven, maybe five, six and seven, uh, the Emperor finds out that Darth Vader, while he's supposed to be hunting down Luke Skywalker, is actually just going around, sniffing around, trying to find out uh, what made his son into such a little bitch. Uh, and he, he punishes him. He takes Darth Vader back to uh, Mustafar, r- just rips him apart with the force, and leaves him laying there, you know, by the lava, right where he lost the high ground. And now Darth Vader has to sort of like pull himself up and make himself into like it's sort of like a trial by fire, which I think is kind of cool because like Darth Vader, when you look at it through the lens of the prequels, uh, he doesn't have a lot of agency in becoming Darth Vader, right? Like he just sort of gets tricked, you know, and maybe he's headstrong and, and there are like issues with how he was raised that sort of leave him wide open to being able to get, uh, turned to this direction. But, uh, this, comic books it sort of does something i don't think anybody else has done which just says like look this guy's darth vader like he's not just a little boy that got tricked he actually has to choose to be this way like he's the guy that killed those little babies and all that other stuff like he's a badass dude i don't mean badass and the ch- murdering children is badass i'm just saying <laughs> darth vader <laughs> widely considered to be badass uh but in the evil sort of way and the, this comic is doing a great job of sort of describing that. I feel like the Gillen stuff, uh, sort of showed you how like clever he was and determined. Uh, but this book is sort of showing you like, uh, how nasty he is, like how just badass he is and, and using comic, like not comic, star Wars continuity stuff to do it with. i I love it. It's my favorite star Wars thing right now. I was really digging the last, uh, run of Dr. Aphra. Uh, And I'm sort of waiting for this new run to pick up. My buddy Ray, uh, Anthony Height, is about to take over, so I'm psyched about that uh, in the next issue that comes out. Uh, But for right now, Darth Vader is my favorite Star Wars comic. Also, in your travels, pick up Crone from Dark Horse, Uh, my studio mate Dennis Culver, and my buddy Justin Greenwood, and the colorist on uh, Time Shopper and Stray Dogs, Brad Simpson, Uh, did this book at Dark Horse last year, and it's a super simple pitch. It's Old Man, Red Sonia. It's fucking great. Highly recommend it. Trade came out today, or yesterday.
2: Nice. Now, question to you, having read um, Pax Darth Vader. Yes. Is not the entirety of Star Wars Episode 4, 5, and 6 completely on the shoulders of obi-wan for not kicking that motherfucker into the lava when he had the chance
4: <laughs> it's his fault you're saying yes you should just just quash this problem I yeah
2: mean, yes but yeah I mean,
4: the force doesn't tell him the future you know like he didn't this guy's his brother <laughs> he said it right dude you but common
2: sense should this this guy is evil murdered children has shown a propensity for the dark side of the force Kick the bastard into the lava. End it all. You have no more baggage (laughs) to carry.
4: I mean, that's like the owls dropping the rings into the, you know, Mount Doom and Mordor. (laughs) Like, of course, they could have just canceled it. I not the the
3: eagles just,
4: yeah, carried them all the way to, yeah. yeah. Well, true. That is true.
2: Yeah. But still, I mean, a lot of um, the Star Wars that we know and love is on the shoulders of Obi-Wan. Because he I put
4: myself in his shoes, right? Like, he fought alongside him through the whole Clone Wars. And then, all of a sudden, one day, the Force tells him, or somebody else tells him, like, this guy killed all those little kids. You know, like, I'm sure when they're fighting on uh, Mustafar, he knew about that, because he was really going hard on him. Yeah. Chopped his legs, legs and arms off and stuff. But even then... I'm sure he wasn't thinking, like, if I let this guy live, they're going to invent a thing that can blow up whole planets and Alderaan's going to get blown up. They weren't even thinking about that back in those days. But
2: how do you not know? I mean, how, I mean, you live in a time you where you can go from planet to planet on a whim. Like, is a planet-sized gun with outside of the realm of possibility – Seriously? you're saying
4: that as somebody that's seen star wars for 40 years like True. obi-wan kenobi never saw star wars he didn't know no, come up with that
2: but it was Obi- crazy. obi-wan was a smart dude right and I'll, I'll be totally honest jason or david killed kids i'd liquefy him <laughs> i would just to stop them from I mean, doing it again
4: Enough, but i wouldn't think that they were gonna then the next step would be blowing up a whole planet or, if you jump to the sequels, the whole Hosnian system. I mean, you know, there's a well, lot of escalation going
2: see, on. See, now, now you're getting a little bit... You're getting a little too deep into the mythology. Yeah.
4: <laughs> anyway, Star Wars, Darth Vader, back, yes. back It's the best Star Wars comics right now. It's some of the best Star Wars comics that Marvel's done in this whole... Uh, you know, since what, yeah. 2015 and whenever they started doing them. It's
2: totally agree. Fun. Yep, 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 yep. I think and you're the, right.
4: The latest one, they brought in a thing that was... Uh, he- heretofore, only in like concept art and deleted scenes and stuff, and that's the type of shit they do that I super love. Is they like they don't sort of leave any little piece uh, unused. You know, they use all the parts of the buffalo. So highly recommended.
2: Agreed.
1: Fantastic.
2: That's it. We've all done it in your travels.
1: We did it. We have.
2: Oh. well, we would like to thank Tony as usual, for spending some time with us. But more to the point, you must check out Stray Dogs. Order it beforehand in previews. Once you see it in previews, order it. Order every issue. There's five of them, right? Put it on your pull list. Yep. Yep. Get them all because it is going to be a big deal. It's
4: a- I-, I hope you're right. I would really appreciate it if you guys did. Uh, uh, I believe in everything that I ever come on here to pitch. Uh, but I don't come on here to pitch that much stuff, you know,
1: like, uh, yeah. you don't hear
4: me talk about the, my work for hire stuff. Uh, this one is, is really my heart. Like it's, it's sort of, it's a thing that I feel like only me and the people that made it could have really come up with. So if it's something that interests you at all, uh, I, I recommend it cause I don't think it's going to come around again. Like I don't think somebody's going to do the second murder dogs comic,
2: you know, nah, not happening. So stick around until the giant red rocket appears in issue five. (laughs) Uh, No, seriously, stray dogs. Get it. It's going to be we've read three issues out of five and we can attest. It is. It's very good. Very good stuff. Thank you. Kudos to you.
4: And and thanks for having me on. Thanks for letting me come and chill. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Mm. You know. I always like coming to hang out with
2: you guys. Yeah, you don't need to thank us. You're 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 just. I'll
4: see you guys next week, right, Jason? Like on the vacation. song, "We Are Family." No,
2: seriously, I was going to say that Jason is going a wall tomorrow, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So Dap
4: and myself are
2: going to need
0: somebody to help us through the next episode. I'm in gross violation of the CDC's wishes tomorrow. Yes.
4: <laughs> how like how prepared are you? What are you doing to prepare for this? Are you do Are you quarantining? Well,
0: well my wife and I flew down to Florida in September. Uh, by necessity and it was surprisingly orderly you know like the airport was pretty empty and like the airline was like everyone's got to have their mask over their nose if you don't do it even for a minute and we and we catch you you know we're going to have the marshals you know like they were like very much like yo this is serious like don't fuck it don't forrun um yeah. um so you know like and again like we didn't have a choice we just did it and then uh um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm expecting it to be similar. You know, it is the holiday, so I don't know. It's I have no idea if the holiday combined with the exponential growth in COVID cases in the last two months will mean it's, like, empty, even, like, still empty, or if it's, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to expect in that regard, but um, what are you going to do, man? You gotta, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's suboptimal, but, but it is what it is. So.
4: The whole fam yeah. go?
0: Like our, you mean? Yeah, my my wife. And, yeah, the, that's why we're yeah. The five the boys. On, yeah, yeah.
2: Can I mail you antibodies?
0: <laughs> I wish you could, man. I wish I <laughs> could. Oh, it, whoa, whoa, nice.
2: whoa! Wait. Overnight, can I your blood? can I some, somehow transfer my antibodies to your wife, dude? Seriously, <laughs> dude. That's idea? No, you got to give it up. No, that know. would save your entire family.
4: It turns out Vince has a secret red rocket. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It ain't that secret, bro. That ain't that secret. <laughs> yeah, Seriously.
4: <Marvelous> secret.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: and it, it it has a big old red Target painted on Jason's wife. Hair
0: highlight, new, <laughs> hi, new highlights. He's, he's
2: All right. Woman. Enough of this. Mm. Oof. So, hey, thank you for being here. Um, if you would be so kind to follow us elsewhere, we're on the Twitter and the Reddit and the Instagram and the Facebooks. We have a Patreon presence, if you would like to take a peek at that. A lot of fun going on. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, 11 OC, no apostrophe. In the meantime, say night. I got to get some ding, ding, ding.
1: <laughs>
2: <clears throat> this bottle is freaking gone. It's all gone. Wow, that was pretty good. He uh, has a
4: mug and a wine bottle. Thank you, David.
2: Uh, David. Good night. So, yeah, here, here's the part where he <laughs> pretends to not have time the entire thing.
4: I think he's just been faking you for 13 years. Like I don't think he's ever really keeping track of this shit. Oh no, dude, he's, he, he's it's,
2: keeping it's track. It's been of like it.
4: four hours. We're talking no. about comics. You he's
2: he's seriously They're, keeping track of it.
4: Oh yeah. good Lord. And now
2: he's so flippant like, I'm not paying attention. Oh, wait. Look at my chronometer. Boom. How do you,
4: you think he developed yeah. his skill?
2: Like, where do you learn something like oh, that? No, I don't think it's... I, don't, it war- I think he was born with it. <laughs> I seriously think <laughs> he was born on the with it. Is on this? With. Time Trapper. He's
3: uh... you know? <laughs> um, a Time Trapper? This is the thing he Time with? That's right, yeah. I'm like a fucking kill Hitler. No, Time Trapper. I can't kill Hitler as a baby because then Vince would liquefy me.
2: That's a different kind of baby. Oh. That's not an innocent Jedi baby. (laughs) That's fucking evil Republican baby.
4: (laughs) Jason, have a very happy Thanksgiving. Be safe. Same Same to you, brother. Excited to see the family. I'll be Uh by myself eating a Popeye's turkey. Uh,
2: (laughs) Dude, my son has a a tremendous affection for Popeye's. He loves that. He. I have fifty
4: dollars. To... a two hours in the oven. This turkey is a full turkey. It comes already with the herbs and spices of Popeyes infused. It's already cooked. Wait. Popeyes makes turkey for Thanksgiving. Yeah.
2: Get the hell. Don't tell my son. Don't.
4: Get Vinnie beats <laughs> a COVID present. Oh, Little we'll no survival
2: COVID. Beats. Beats, 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 beats. That's it for
1: that one.